Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. Uh, it's brought to you as always by Tea Leaf Tea and Yesty Boys. Uh, this is a conversation I had with Andrew Armitage. He is the owner, the proprietor of Aro Video, uh, one of the only surviving, still running video stores, DVD stores in New Zealand. Uh, it's actually conveniently located just down the road from my house, so I'm a big fan and go there all the time. Um, Andrew has owned and operated that store for some 31 years. Um, and I've got to know Andrew quite well over particularly the last uh, decade uh, since I've lived in the neighborhood. Um, but we had met prior to that. Uh, I've been wanting to talk to him for this podcast for ages, for many reasons. Um, the novelty, I guess, of uh, his occupation and his hobby, his decision to to get into that game all those years ago and to stick with it. But also, uh, Andrew's uh, passionate about music and and is a songwriter and plays music and um, and you know used to work in music retail, which which I did too. And so we have a lot of uh, common uh, interests, a lot of similarities and things that we've done. Um, also, he used to, and it's on hiatus, he used to have, and I hope he returns to it, uh, a fantastic podcast called Back to the Disc Player where he would interview um, customers of the of the video store um, who would talk about their f- a favourite movie, maybe one that they had um, loved a lot, so much so that they had uh, adopted it as part of the Adopt-A-Movie scheme um, where you, you pay for the movie and you get free rental for life but it lives in the store for anyone else to rent and it has your name on it I've adopted a couple of movies um, and uh, and several other people of course have done that and uh, he had some amazing, there's about 20 episodes of this Back to the Disc Player so I'll put a link up and you can get to it if you haven't got to it already, they're worth listening to uh, you get some of the story and some of these people are quite famous people, actors and people that have been involved in the, in the movie industry and then others are just uh, customers, you know, so they have their own gig going on they might be a writer or they might be uh, a funeral director or they might uh, have their own shop doing something else entirely but they're passionate about movies and um, so he gets into their life story and and what's got them interested in movies as well as a discussion of the film uh, he's a great podcast host and so I knew he would be a great podcast guest and and he was and so yeah this one is a big rambly conversation because we know each other pretty well in some ways but obviously I was still there was a lot for me to learn about his background uh, and and we both like to talk being podcast hosts so there's a lot in this we jump around um, and but we did get to uh, the history of RO video and how that has come up in his life uh, how he had moved towards being a person interested in opening a video store back in the late 80s and then uh, riding the waves uh, to this present day including you know he discusses a few years ago uh, where they had to appeal to, to national media to sort of talk about maybe closing the doors being in trouble and how they are really surviving on um, the bones of their ass and the goodwill of the people that uh, support the idea of being in the clubhouse still um, but it's not a depressing conversation, it's a wonderful conversation, I love this, and I hope you enjoy listening to this too. This is me talking with Arrow Video's Andrew Armitage. I'm trying to work out how long I've known you. I know that in the last, basically I've lived down the road from your shop for the last 10 years. Yep. So we've certainly got to know each other in that time. Yep. But I, I can't even remember when I first went into the shop, but I, I moved here in 95, and if I didn't go in and visit Arrow Video in 95, I, I definitely went in a few times in the year or two after that, mm. but I never lived 
close enough to be yep. super organised. And also in that climate, there were way more video stores. Of course. So I went to, all, I mean, I've always gone to a bunch. Yeah. But um, I wasn't ever a regular at RO until the last decade. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would have met you a few times before that. Yeah. You know, or yeah. We've yeah, I can't remember the first yeah. ti- interaction no. either. Um, I possibly knew you by reputation, Simon, right. before I actually met you. Ah, okay, yeah, Which is yeah, probably yeah. the case with most people. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and, <laughs> um, and then somehow you ended up, uh, I ended up employing you right. casually yeah. to write some reviews yeah, for our was, website. I was thinking about that, and that was a while ago. So I don't know what led to that particular point. But Neither. Other than somebody tipping me off as uh, you'd be what somebody it? that would be interested in and doing that. or I'm thinking it was um, Tim Wong. Yeah, Tim Wong, or the fact worked... that you wrote record reviews yeah, 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 in the yeah, paper, yeah. so yeah. I knew you did that, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I knew yeah. you were involved in re- retailing yeah, 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 uh, yeah, of yeah. DVDs and yeah. things. And uh, so okay, so so yeah, that's right. Yeah. So because I remember that, and mm. that was probably I'm going to say 2005 ish, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I def- definitely, um, but yeah, I would have been in your store before then. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that. I, and so we've had quite a few conversations over the last few years and uh, I know various bits about you and you do about me and as you just said, you know, you used to do a podcast and maybe hope, <laughs> and maybe hopefully will again and yeah. I've listened to... On hiatus. I've listened to all... Are there 20 or 21? Yes, 20, 20, 20, 20, yeah. yeah. You never yeah. did I was going to have you as 21. That's you know, right. That was going to be somehow symbolic because <laughs> I'm very much into symbolism right. or, yeah, or yeah. at least synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's right. So yeah. we were going to do... And we, we talked very briefly about the idea that we actually interview each other for each other's podcast essentially mm. the same week or, you know, run them at yeah. the same time. Mm. So um, mm. I've talked to you a couple of times about doing this mm. and over probably the last couple of years, and here we are. Yeah, indeed. It's um, taken quite a while. It's taken but, a while. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, cool. that's all good. And that yeah. happens for me. I get people in mind and then they drop, because yeah. I don't have a written down list, they drop off the list and then they come back into mind. Yeah. Here we are. So are you a Wellingtonian? I am. You're up um, a heart, aren't uh, you? No, I, well, I was born in Wellington yeah. uh, Hospital. And uh, but I grew up in the hut, mm. so I'm a hut boy. I went to Nine Eye College. Yeah. Um, I went to Titer Intermediate, mm. and um, I. Too much information already. Nah, it's good. It's <laughs> fine. I'll cut you off. Uh, so I grew up in a little. Uh, we almost wouldn't even call it a village because it had one shop in a, a suburb called Manor Park, which mm. is over the river from Stokes Valley. So it's halfway between Upper Hut and Lower Hut. Mm. And, um, yeah, also, I've really actually only been... I've played at... My introduction to Stokes Valley was playing a gig there. Right. So like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is this place? Yeah. Like, where does it exist? Yeah, yeah. It really couldn't work. And this was pre... Well, pre my knowledge of things like Google mm. Maps and stuff. So I had to mm. actually write down directions and find out. I was like, I've lived yeah. here for quite a while. I've never heard mm. of this place or never yeah. been to this place. It's the slightly more middle class Wainui. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's uh, it's got its virtues. Um, and it's... Um, um, but I guess I'm over the river from Stokes Valley. So mm. I'm not really mm. having that much to do with people from Stokes Valley other mm. than having other people at my school that live there. So mm. I would occasionally go to someone's house there. Or mm. go to a party there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so Manor Park, you know, has a golf course, and it had a shop and a school, uh, primary school where I went. So mm. it was a lovely. It had sixty students. So I had quite a nice little primary one. school yeah, yeah. Um, experience yeah. in a very small school. Yeah. yeah. And what's happening in your um, 
And your sort of fam, what's the makeup of your family? Like, what's so happening? I'm uh, the eldest of three boys. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, um, what else? I had a mother and a father. I still have a mother. My dad passed away about six years ago, but mm. they separated when I was 12. Right. And um, so, you know, my mum's still going and fit and yeah. healthy. Cool. She, she had me when I was only, when she was only 19. Yeah. So she's young and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, vital. Yeah, cool, cool. Which is cool. Um, is, uh, what, what, what was happening in the family home when you, like, work-wise and, and influence and experience-wise? Um, for you, like what, what, what were your mum and dad doing? When my mum did, didn't, you know, she was a, a housewife as yeah. they were yeah. in, in those days. And, um, and the three boys. Yeah, the three boys. Yeah. Um, my dad was a, a pen pusher, you know, he was a white collar worker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had, had different jobs that ended up being, you know, executive positions in, in smallish companies. Um, and he was a football nut, a, a, um, a soccer nut. So he was British, mm. and uh, he ran the Lower Hutt City Football Club for quite a few years because he was an administrator type. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. he liked to organise yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was his hobby as well yeah, as his yeah, job. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he liked to play football, and he liked to follow it, and, yeah. he, and he probably was um, the most influential on me in terms of my uh, building my love of stats. Cataloguing. Cataloguing. Mm. So mm. it all kind of... I think mm. uh, came from this idea of writing down football results yeah, yeah. would be the first. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that. I love the charts. I love mm. the leagues and the, the, you know, the the wins, the draws, the losses, yeah, the yeah. the points scored, the points against, and yeah. and, and the the competition. Uh, a little bit like pop charts. Yeah. Well, I used to know. I used to write down cricket scores. Yeah. And 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 you know. Yeah. Fant- my own fantasy leagues and you know well, yeah, things I, like that like, I did too yeah. I had fantasy leagues yeah, yeah and for yeah. bands yeah and you know yeah, we yeah, used to yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. Sort of, it's something you know. we don't tend to talk about much so no it's because it's not cool <laughs> no, but now fantasy football and, yeah, and other we, things are all we the rage before anyone thought to monetize it yeah on any it's, level. it's quite weird and yet I used to be very embarrassed about my fantasy yeah, uh, football yeah. and my fantasy pop uh, records yeah. as well um, no, I was uh, never. Yeah. I was never embarrassed by. It. I just knew the people that were into it and the people that weren't. So we used to do this. So just was, I didn't know anybody sort of, that was into it. It was only me. No, we had like a kind of a few of us used to like uh, when I was probably a, just a teenager. You have like sort of sleepovers and mates come round. Right. We would um, create fantasy bands. You know, right. like um, so you would you would have a five <laughs> you'd have a five member band. You'd yeah. Have, bass, drums, lead rhythm and a vocalist and you'd pick members from, you know, you'd make your own super groups. Oh, you you'd, would, right. So you'd have Keith Richards. Oh, yeah, okay. Or right, 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 right. Charlie okay. Watts, but you wouldn't have okay. anyone else in the Stones. You'd yeah. have one member. Yeah, yeah. You might have George Harrison on yeah. lead guitar because you'd yeah. want to I must it. talk to you afterwards about my card game, <laughs> you know, that I was um, trying to develop right. along yeah, those yeah, exact yeah, yeah. lines. Wow. <laughs> um, the, the, the novelist Paul Auster tried to make a card game baseball card game right. and in his memoir mm. he talks all about it and how he actually developed like a prototype and he took it around shops to try like that was his big money thing mm. and no one got it no and in the end of in the back of his memoir he's actually placed a version of the 
game for you to cut out and nice. he's still convinced so it's that really was cool how it's, it manifested but it's so cool because you know, it's an idea yeah and it's one part yeah. self-effacing and it's one yeah. part no no try it it really does work yeah, you know like yeah, there's still yeah, a stubborn yeah. belief that he yeah. was onto something yeah. that yeah which i love yeah and uh, i think that's sort of what we <laughs> what, what what we are getting towards and could appeal to both of us yeah very um, much so. so you know mm. you, if you were 12 when your parents separated and you've got mm. younger siblings, so mm. it's a young house. A pretty, yeah, so pretty young I was, house for I was the man of the house, yeah. in and, quotes, yeah, the most, uh, at, the, most, at the age of 12. The most aware of what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was so, that like? What do you remember um, about it? I remember taking it more or less in my stride, even though it was a shock, uh, when my dad uh, left, mm. uh, you know, the house, you know, on Boxing Day, you know. Wow. He was yeah. a gentleman. He yeah. left it till after Christmas. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have one Christmas together. That's it, yeah. <laughs> And my mum was that's my mum was shocked. <laughs> my mum was shocked and devastated by what had happened. Mm. And um, uh, and I was, uh, I guess you know, it's 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 quite a long time ago. It's hard to remember mm. exact feelings. It's not something I think about very often. Not because it's ex- especially painful, but because life's happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. And. Um, uh, and then you you know you develop a relationship with your dad over the intervening years and with his you know his new woman that he eventually mm-hmm. married and stayed mm-hmm. with for thirty five years, mm-hmm. you know so it, you it, it evolves and mm. uh, and you kind of forgive and somewhat forget you know but um, yeah I guess I was pretty self obsessed as yeah, well yeah, you know yeah. you kind of just got your own shit going on and um, and I did. You know, I felt terrible for my mum and, and the way that she, uh, you know, was totally unfair. But it's kind of like if the mm. meals and the clothes keep coming, the roof, yeah. the, the roof yeah. you know, you might go between two roofs, but if the roof is over your head still, yeah. I imagine. I did find it deeply inconvenient yeah. for me to go and stay at my dad's yeah, yeah. with this you yeah, know, new, new person, person. and, uh, and uh, she had a, a, a young baby at the right. time as well. Um, you know, who's wow. my stepsister, yeah, who yeah, I know yeah. very well and yeah, yeah, love yeah. and uh, yeah. all that. But, you know, but it was not weird. On, not on day one. No, yeah, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. So, so did you sort of repair a relationship with your father? Did you sort of meet him again as an adult, do you think? Or, like, I know you, you know, mm. you went and stayed with him, but, well, like, were you mm. able to kind of meet him as an adult? Yeah, like, I guess well, we so. we can actually kind of be mates. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, I came to know my father in yeah. the way that a lot of people don't get to know their fathers because they die prematurely or they're estranged or whatever. Mm. So, no, I did make my, um, you know, I, I, I got on well with him. I was I'm a lot like him in some ways and very different from him in others. Mm. And we would find common ground. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we don't really have in common is our love of pop culture, you know, music right. and, you know, he, he liked movies, but very different from me. You know, mm-hmm. he was uh, not that way inclined, uh, yeah. uh, not a music buff he at all. Football and stats. Indeed, yeah. indeed, yeah. Whereas my mother was much more, um, uh, played the piano a bit, uh, you know, classically trained as a youngster, but then kind of, you know, didn't keep it up. So mm. she can play a few tunes on the piano. Well, when did um, music sort But of... she loved... She loved um, much more close to, yeah, to yeah. music. When um, did music mean anything to you? And, and was it music that hit before movies, or did they sort of come together? Yeah, I'd say movie, uh, music definitely, yeah. first love definitely. Yeah. Um, and um, the early... Uh, I had... Early experiences were... 
uh, we had a one of those record players with the two speakers with the cloth, you know, kind of very small mm. speakers. Mm. They were so small, you could almost, I uh, used to do this as a young mm. fella, lie down in between the two speakers. <laughs> so we didn't have headphones, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they were like I, six watts I remember each. doing that actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so I liked house. it as yeah. loud and as full as possible. Yeah. And a couple of records come to mind. One is... Uh, the best of bread. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the song in particular was Guitar Man. Yeah, yeah. I used to think it was just an amazing yeah. kind of um, beautifully produced. Yeah. But also, I liked the narrative of yeah. it. I liked that it was about this pop star mm. who whose crowd went away. That kind of fascinated me mm. as a eight-year-old or whatever I was. And um, and then the other piece of music that I remember specifically listening in that way was. I can't remember the name of the track, but it's on the Eagles record, One of These Nights. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's turned out to be the theme song of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's an amazing piece of epic yeah. instrumental music. I actually mm. think that's, like, one of the two really good Eagles albums. Because like, <laughs> yeah. I don't like the Eagles. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, obviously, when I say that, yeah. many of their songs have made some sort of impact. Of course. That's, that's why you end up not liking them. You don't want to hear Indeed. them. Indeed. But, but someone bought me one of these nights yeah. on cassette tape when I was probably about 14, mm. thinking, oh, well, you like music, you must like the Eagles. And I was like, yeah. holy fuck, I've you know, just got over listening to the greatest tits every time we dr drive somewhere in the exactly. car. Exactly. Because my dad loved I'm it. I'm over it. Yeah. 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 And, but actually, that was an interesting way in. Because like, yeah. it was some songs I had, some hits yeah. and some songs I yeah. hadn't heard. Like that yeah, one yeah. I just mentioned, yeah, the totally. instrumental, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. which sounds nothing like the Eagles. Yeah, so when you totally. watch the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. you would never guess in a million years that was yeah. the Eagles. Yeah, um, which is cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like when you find things like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, bread, I remember um, going up to Auckland, being really young, and my dad's, one of my dad's mates who we played in a band with, showing off his fancy new stereo to us and wanting to play us like the best mm. of bread and talking about how beautifully produced these songs were. Mm. And pretty much everyone eye rolling mm. at him like, mm. oh fuck, mm. this mm. stuff's cheesy. Yeah. Except for me. And I was like maybe yeah. six or seven and I was like, this is beautiful. Yeah. I love yeah. you know it's like hearing the carpenters and stuff. And then you kind of like it's almost guilty pleasure stuff for a long time. Mm. And then just recently like oh I remember well it was that probably 15 years ago, going and seeing David Gates play all the songs from Bread Here. Right. Well, the yeah. string section, it was beautiful. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah, man, yeah. these are great songs. And lovely tenor voices. And, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it is like that sort of Baccarat, Carpenters, Abba thing where it, it had is. that had that extra wave. Yeah. Of, and I, look, I do have a terrible soft spot for soft rock in general. Mm, I mean, I, I, mm. because it's my era. And yeah. also, and it's, it's right yeah, that in certain quarters, I mean, I didn't know it was cool or uncool or whatever it was. I thought mm. it was cool. Mm. But I can see and you know in retrospect you know that people were that were really into music would would poo-poo something like bread or uh, or the eagles or mm. uh, you know because it was very successful it sold millions and millions of records worldwide and yeah. so it was um um uh you know like cat stevens as well yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know everybody, Taylor, everybody, everybody had them yeah, you know? yeah yeah totally um but um i i think my next uh, you know the, the other Revelation I can think from being very young, and I was probably about 10, was that my uncles were cool. So my mother's brothers, three of them, you know, rode motorbikes, had leather jackets, <laughs> had long hair, yeah, yeah. and they were into the Rolling Stones. I was going to say, ZZ Top, yeah. <laughs> Rolling Stones. No, they weren't, they weren't sort of, not it was, quite it was that pre Bogan. Yeah, yeah, it was pre Bogan, yeah. so it's early yeah. 70s. Yeah, Bogan okay. sort of became yeah, maybe more yeah. of a thing in the yeah, late 70s. Yeah. Um, 
and there was um, it was sort of like post hippie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And anyway, the track that I heard at my uncle's house that really changed. It sounds mm. pretentious. Changed everything. Yeah. Open blew my mind. Yeah. is a better way of putting yeah, yeah. it. And this is a very common experience. Uh, for you know, probably some of your other guests as well was David Bowie's Starman. Oh yeah, yeah. To hear, so I didn't yeah. see you know how there's that watershed moment yes. on top of the pops. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. All those post, you know, all mm, those um, mm. new romantic bands had mm. that revelation. Mm, <laughs> well, yeah, mine was yeah, just yeah. hearing it on a, on a, on a no, yeah. no, on vinyl right. yeah, at yeah. my uncle's house. Yeah. And just your imagination is completely captivated. You've never heard anything quite like it before. It's it's yeah. it's amazing, but it's such a funny song that with time I've got really sick of it. But I love yeah. the intro. Yeah. But when it hits to the chorus, yeah. Like I know it's good. Yeah. I don't hate yeah. it. I never yeah. skip yeah. it. Yeah. But but that album is such a, a extraordinary album. I think. Mm. Like even though you know there are other Bowie mm. albums people like more. Mm. That was a kind of like I, I Moon Age Daydream is the one for me. Right, that right, song. Right. I'm like, what the fuck is that song like? Yeah. How does that happen? Sure. What, you know those opening lyrics. What the fuck is he on about? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm you know and I didn't hear that until the early '90s. Mm. But I was just like, you know what what the hell is happening? I knew who he was, mm. but I would have grown up with like Let's Dance era. Yeah. And uh, and, yeah, yeah. and possibly even um, Scary Monsters. You know. Um, Certainly, which was a big album for me. Ashes to Ashes, certainly. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I th- yeah. And, and I think Let's Dance and, and Scary uh, Monsters are good records. You know, this yeah. whole sort of like he failed in the eighties is nonsense. Mm, they're they're mm, really good mm, records. It's mm. just people being snobs saying. Well, Let's well, Dance is no you good. haven't mentioned anything further than Let's oh, Dance. He, no, he went on to fail. He went on to fail, but <laughs> never but let right, me down. But writing off, and he did. But writing, writing off the whole eighties is what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, it started, yeah. At, but, he was but it's so such an extraordinary seventies totally. that you can see it. It's a bit Absolutely. like talking heads, you know. It's a bit like, oh, you know, exactly. how I still go, why do people not like the burning down the house era? It's still pretty fucking good. But if you grew up in that moment and heard those first four yeah. records, you'd be like, well, they are softing out a bit. Yeah. And they well, were. I, just, I just heard your um, podcast interview with um, with Darren Watson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you mentioned that. Yeah. You know, I only listened right. to it last night yeah, yeah, and, okay. um, because um, I'm an avid listener of <laughs> yes. your uh, yes. podcast. Yeah, thank uh, you. Yeah. And, um, and you might be and the person that I've talked to for this that's actually listened to the most of them, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely is, listened to most of them, maybe wow. maybe two thirds. Yeah, that's impressive because you've done 220 odd episodes. 230, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I, I and, yeah. and this is something that does come up, uh, you know, mm. is this idea that yes, I'm one of that, those people that you, you were referring to, one of the snobs with talking heads yeah, because yeah. I was so enraptured by those first four talking heads yeah, record yeah. records that when i went and bought speaking in tongues and i bought the the um clear vinyl yeah. in the special edition yeah uh which is, still annoys me actually because yeah, it's got yeah. a horrible plastic yeah. weird sleeve yeah. and it never fits into your record collection yeah. properly and i was disappointed with that record wow. you know at the ripe old age of 16 <laughs> do you know what i mean it's wow. like yeah. yeah and 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 I yet still, i get totally yeah. where you're yeah. coming in yeah 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 and see uh, that was yeah. probably the one i heard first yeah so i, I love it mm. i mean i i mean i love naked i love yeah. the last talking heads yeah. album yeah. but you say that and people go oh but what about yeah. you know what but about to remain me, in light and it's like as, of course as, I love as a 15 year old remain in light was just oh. the apotheosis yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I mean, I think of all the albums I just read the other day that it's celebrating its 40th anniversary, and it was like I was thinking, 
I mean, I know there are other examples, but in the current crop of all the records turning about 40, I'm like, fuck, that really does feel like a timeless album when you listen to mm. it. Like that, that just, yep. or I don't know if timeless is quite the word, mm. but it certainly exists in this bubble. Like mm, it has mm, this, mm. Eno's production, the, yep. the, 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 the rhythms, yes. the way they, you know, really... And I can barely listen to Once in a Lifetime anymore yeah, because yeah. you hear that in supermarkets yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. and it just becomes very difficult to... The only time I like hearing know. it mm. is in the context of that album. Somehow yeah. somehow yeah. it makes sense yeah. where it was supposed to be. Yeah. And yet it had a runaway success, you mm. know. It, it mm. was in that... What was that movie it was in? Scenes from a Mall? Something like that. Is that what it's um, called? Woody, the, the Woody Allen film yeah. that he didn't direct? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, when he would, occasionally, one of them, he would yeah. occasionally do those... I don't remember it being that I think movie. it's in that. Mm. Something like that. One of yeah. those... No, yeah. Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Oh, right. That's it. Similar sort of yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Mm. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, so it did, it did go on to have this life. Mm. But um, it does make sense in the album still. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you were getting into all these sort of things. As mm. These are these are great records and experiences. When do you connect with films? Um, and what happens there? I... Let me think, let me think. Um, I think there are... I, I, you know, so I recently had the 30th birthday for the video store, yeah. and I... And uh, that coincided with uh, me moving house, so I, you know, bought a house up the coast. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you um, you pack up all your your boxes and then you unpack them. Mm. And then and I was coming across boxes and things. records of <laughs> yeah, things, yeah. record, you know, as in yeah, uh, documents, <laughs> yes, documents yes. Uh, that that were at the bottom <laughs> of dusty um, boxes. And I found um, a journal from when I was about nine years old that I started when I was nine and it um, and it the opening page has uh, lists of every movie that I ever went to starting from the first one yeah. now it wasn't I'd, because I was five when I went to my first movie and I was probably nine when I started cataloging yeah, I, I was estimating a yes. few things <laughs> yeah. so the first maybe 12 entries were probably slightly inaccurate yeah yeah but I, um, so I was very much into writing lists of all the books that I read, all the movies that yeah. I watched, and uh, and the and the records that I, um, I don't know if I was, re yeah, yeah, well, I started collecting records a little bit later, yeah, because they were it cost money, yeah, you yeah, know, and, yeah. Uh, and maybe I'd get given books for Christmas and things like that. Um, so, so there was definitely that was the first connection I think was this idea that of the ritual of going to the cinema and uh, somehow uh, and really enjoying the experience and then kind of making a little diary note and so I would rate the films as well. I was, mm -hmm. I, I was, I, I thought I'd lost this record of yeah, my of, wow. from my childhood. I knew I'd done it, mm. but I thought I'd not seen it for literally. When does it, it go up to? It goes up to it, it covers about a four year period. Wow. So up till I'm about thirteen. What a yeah. fascinating time. And to, it also yeah. includes things like I've rated my own um, woodwork and metalwork. <laughs> you know those little swans yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. things that you carve. Self evaluation. And, yeah, like uh, cookie cookie cutters <laughs> yeah, for yeah, biscuits. Yeah. And yeah. I've self evaluated and mm. and given myself a B plus or a C minus and you know. Wow. And I kind of looked at it and I thought it was like meeting my my very young self, and it was quite emotional. Yeah. You know, I took it out of this box, 
and and I and as if my adult life hadn't occurred. It was weird. Yeah. Um, and it was. Um, so, but in terms of those movies that were, were where I really felt like, wow, this is something special. This is something that I'm interested in. Um, my mother would talk about Hitchcock before I got to see a Hitchcock movie. So she would talk about Psycho. She would talk about the birds. She would kind of like almost embellish stories and, and kind of try to capture my imagination and the, you know, one day you'll be able to see this movie and, uh, mm. and, 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 um, I think I saw, um, a Hitchcock on, I'm trying to think of what the first Hitchcock I saw on TV was, it was possibly Strangers on a Train, possibly Rear Window, can't remember, but I've just had another thought was that I saw Planet of the Apes when I was very young on TV. Mm. I was about eight, saw that movie. And I, um, it, it blew me away. Yeah. And then the, the end comes up and I'm watching it with my dad and, um, and I, and, and I didn't get the ending. Mm. I didn't get it. Mm. It was kind of like, there's the Statue of Liberty. What, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. And yeah. I turned to my dad and, and asked him and he said, well, they've, they've, um, they, they haven't they've come back to earth and earth has evolved you know yeah, and yeah. the apes have taken over earth and he told me this earth is the planet of earth the apes. is the planet of the apes and so i didn't need to get it yeah you know in the movie he told me it and i just had my mind blown yeah i had a, <laughs> it was I had like a, oh my god you are joking i had a very similar experience with that film like obviously a few years later because it was because mm. i'm younger than you but I, mm. I reckon i was about the same age when mm. that happened i recall mm. my parents watching it mm. on um tv and mm. and and watching it and being fascinated and a little creeped out by it yeah and but just absolutely blown away by it yeah. like what the fuck is this <laughs> yes, like how was right. who came up with this shit <laughs> you know amazing like that's kind right. of kind of scared right. but yeah. quite not you know, turned on as wrong with but just yeah. tuned into it. Yeah. Really couldn't look away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I reckon yeah, I was yeah. seven or eight. Yeah. 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 And so I just thought conceptually mm. that was incredible. Mm. And um and so I, I guess other films that tapped into that sense, you know, other sci fi films um that I liked as a young child was Invasion of the Body Snatchers because mm. it was kind of a similar parable. You know, I quite liked the idea mm. that um not only the kind of the interesting concept of being taken over. I guess they're similar. Planet of the Apes, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm -hmm. There's this sort of mm. primal fear mm. of being of having your liberty taken away, or or somehow your your um, you know uh, um, the fear of um, the other, mm. the fear of oppression. You know, mm. it's quite mm. sort of. But I also found it clever. Mm. And I wanted to, you know, see more. The other film, um, so I, I and I, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake was also very impactful on me when I saw it at the cinema as about a twelve or thirteen year old. And the other film I remember going to see with my mum, which really, which was um, she used to talk about Woody Allen quite a bit as well. So Hitchcock and Woody Allen were early. Mm. Uh, you know, the auteurs, you know, that I knew about. Mm. So it was nice to have some, you know, you could, you know, these films just don't make themselves. Somebody, you know. Yeah, I, I wondered when, I was thinking about this for myself, 
when I was wondering how to ask you this, but I, not so much the the concept of developing taste with movies, which I think is I think is a little different to developing taste with being a music listener. I don't know why, but I think it is different. There's just more to wrestle with, I think. But that that's it, isn't it? When you start to actually think about who made the film more than who's in the film, mm. that's really the moment, I think, when mm. you start to go... I'm going to go and see this because of who wrote it or yep. more likely who the director is and yep. sometimes it's both but mm. you know but then in the last 25 years the whole really I mean it happened a bit in the 70s but really in the mm. 90s that when there was that explosion of indie writer directors mm. and Tarantino yeah. is obviously a figurehead for so many people now it's really common for people to just go well it's a new Tarantino film I'm going to it but that didn't used to be the case at all mm. like until mm. really mm. what Scorsese and Coppola and yeah all that what's that easy riders raging bulls book but yep. that but that came after after mm. the movement you know mm. that's retrospectively mm. looking at it mm. so can you remember going okay this is my new favorite director this is the new you know yeah I think that's true I mean those so those were the you know uh, Hitchcock and Woody Allen you know mm. they were prolific and they mm. were famous mm. uh, so the back catalogue was there there was stuff and they were yeah, adding to it yeah, yeah. I mean uh, so I was just going to say Purple Rose of Cairo was the yeah. Woody Allen film that I saw at the Odeon in Lower Hutt with my mother and you know the story is about somebody who's obsessed with the movies. Yeah, I was just going to say, then, what a what a film to see. What a film to at, see, you know, in that context. So it was, um, you know, I mean, that's just, one of uh, his, just another wonderful experience. That's one of his lesser mentioned great films, don't you think? Yes, it like, is. Like, I really yes. think that's a wonderful film of his, and it doesn't come up in the same context as your, your Manhattan, Manhattan or Annie Hall. Yeah, 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 and I actually think it's a better. better film. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more rewatchable, it certainly. Is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it just really encapsulates everything that Woody Allen obsesses about, but yeah. not in a didactic kind of yeah, way. Yeah. Kind of in a yeah. Um, there is a, because he's a you know a real nostalgia yeah. buff, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, I, re- I mean, it's not it's not a movie to sell on to people, but I love Radio Days for that mm, reason too, because mm, mm. that's that's that other side of it. The, yeah, of his nostalgia, which thing. is like a kind of followed on from yes, people. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I think you're right. I'm just thinking about, you know, Roman Polanski yes. as another person that mm. I cottoned on mm, to. Mm. So Rosemary's Baby would be a big one. Mm. But it's true. It's it's sort of this... So, yeah, I, I think that was really the way in. Because as a you kid, you're just, you're just going to whatever's on. Indeed. And, and, and that you're allowed to go to. And some yeah. people have stories of being allowed to see something a little bit more risque than others. Mm. And some people have stories about not going to as many movies. But essentially, it's just pulp entertainment one way or another and yep. a, dist- a school holiday distraction for the longest yeah. time yeah, yeah, and then yeah. suddenly I'm just trying to think about it for myself like I mean I grew up um, with video stores mm. so mm. you know mm. I was a, I could walk to the video store as yeah. a 13 year old yeah. and when I so, drove I would drive into a bigger video store and yeah. come home with more yeah. whereas I wasn't thinking about catalogue when I was mm. young uh, mm. in that way I wasn't thinking oh I've got to oh Hitchcock did this many films yeah, yeah. I've got to collect a set or I've got to I mean I did think about you know yes I want to see another Hitchcock film and when one turned up on television or uh, you know I'd um, I would do my best to, to see it so I think that you know, my mother in particular just definitely um, encouraged... You know, she talked about it. And, and it's not like that she was a big movie buff mm. herself. You know, she was interested, mm. uh, but not in an obsessive way. You know, mm. she just mm. um, was... Um, in the way that she, you know, she, she was... Uh, 
loved Neil Young, loved Joni Mitchell, loved loved those mm. those troubadours of the seventies, but was mm. not a devotee. De- devotee, yeah, not yeah. at all. She just yeah. liked their music yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and 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 was and, and interested and in recognized it. it. Indeed, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And also, it was uh, you know she was influenced by her brothers, you know, younger and hipper, mm. and they would recommend things and and so forth. Mm. But she wouldn't necessarily go and seek out stuff, mm. you mm. know. Um, and uh, so she had good working knowledge and, you know, and I got to, you know, so the Neil Diamonds, the Elton Johns, the Billy Joels, all mm. of that stuff is, um, you know, is meaningful to me as a, as a, as a child. But I mean, just going back to the music thing, the, the um, and this is something that I have a lot in common with, with Simon, who mm. works with me in the store, mm. is that he's about the same age as me. And we both used to listen to, uh, you know, separately, of course, mm. American Top 40, Casey mm, Kasem. Mm. So that was a huge influence on me as a 12, 13-year-old. And, and it was interesting because Casey Kasem, people think, oh, you know, God, hearing the Top 40 from America and, um, it, you know, it sounds all very mainstream and conventional. But in fact, it was alternative music. And the reason mm. why it was alternative was because... N- 80% of it was not played on local radio. Mm-hmm. So you would hear all kinds of songs that would never be hits in New Zealand and they would end up in dump bins for 50 cents or 25 cents. Mm-hmm. And I would buy them on single because I knew them. Mm-hmm. I knew that Sylvester disco record, You Make Me yeah. Feel Mighty Real. <laughs> yeah. It never got played on New Zealand radio yeah, yeah. except it got to number 20 on the American Top 40. So there was alternative music right there mm. in the disco era. Mm. Mm. And uh, and so that that was a fun thing. It was kind of like, all of a sudden I had a good working knowledge of pop music that my friends didn't necessarily know yeah, yeah. because they weren't obsessively listening yeah. and taping to what was going yeah, yeah. on out of America. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, then that got, you know, as I got a little bit older, English music started to become much more interesting mm, to me mm. so and yeah the, um, I only want to hijack this part for a second but Simon, mm, speaking fine. of Simon he he probably has worked in a video store for almost longer than you has he or about the same amount of time about I know he hasn't always worked in your store but yep. he was a mainstay at three Amalgamated decades, and three decades around yeah, about yeah. yeah and he's been at other stores before that I think yes, out of I New poached Zealand. him from Amalgamated yeah. and he's worked in video stores in England as yeah, well yeah, mm. yeah and maybe in Australia I think roughly because yep. yep. I, I worked at Amalgamated for a short time with him yep. yeah and, yep. and obviously used to go mm. and rent from mm. there so mm. I've known him for a while yep. yeah interesting so yeah. I mean what are you going to go and do with all of this as a teenager you know what, what's your plan you know, you're you're a you. Mm. What's happening school wise? Like, do you like school? Are you any good at it? Uh, <laughs> you know, you're you're obviously like um, um, did some metal work and some woodwork. Yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, I was a a, a, a bright but lazy student. Mm-hmm. I was easily distracted. Mm. I was a class clown. I like to, you know. Um, this conversation is becoming a little triggering, actually. <laughs> I just want to say, I'm kind of like, fuck. It started when you started talking about finding the diary of like lists, yep. and yep. I'm like, shit, yep. I did yep. that. Yep. 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 And now, now you've just described my, uh, my, yep. my uh, yep. 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 drift through school. A- indeed. So you're just kind of like, you realise that most of what you're learning is dead boring. Yeah, funk. Uh, and, um, and there are far more interesting things out there in the world, because let's face it, 
pop music and movies are just so sexy. That yeah, they you, just they you, matter. You, they, they matter, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. and uh, trigonometry doesn't. <laughs> it's not, you know. <laughs> trigonometry so is not. I was hot. a fairly lousy. Well, no, I'm not lousy, but um, I, um, I failed my my uh, UE first year because I was so. Distracted. distracted, yeah. So mm. I got my school cert. You know, mm. I, I, I went through that with with mediocre results, and um, um, and so my chickens came home to roost. My laziness and my, uh, you know, in in my uh, nineteen eighty one was my UE uh, sixth form, and so I went back and reset my sixth form, and um, and I did. I took the lead role in the major production uh, at Nanai College. So I decided I was going to be a I was going to suck up to my teachers. I was going to pull my socks up. I was going to do everything I could to sort of get accredited, <laughs> <laughs> which I did. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I, you know, the, the acting thing was quite, you know, it was a, it was a oncer. I, I knew I could, um, as I say, as a kind of class clown type. Uh, you know, I do. I, I guess I'm an extrovert type personality, um, although p- many of my parents friends would say that I was a man of few words because basically I'd be off in my room that's writing down lists yeah I was going to say you're you know. a man of few words because you had nothing to say to them <laughs> that's right <Not> really <laughs> that's right that's yeah. right so um so um I I didn't really like the constraints of school and uh, like I did quite like it from a social point of view and I did quite um, I, I did, you know, I went to a co-ed school and, um, uh, you know, I liked, I liked the culture of school, I, you know, and I had some good friends there and, and they, and, and I've got some nice memories of school, but the actual studying part I wasn't particularly good at. Mm. And, uh, and by the time I'd, uh, got my UE, I decided that I, um, that university wasn't for me because I just didn't think I was a very good student. Mm. And, um, and, you know, I thought, if Richard Branson can, you know, not go to university, then what's good enough for him is good yeah. enough for me. <laughs> it's funny, though. More or you, less. No, but it's funny how you pick someone like that, a person, <laughs> yeah. you know, a famous person. Yeah. And you go, that worked out for them. Yeah. So that becomes like your thing that you're going to... A little bit. Not, gonna, not that I... Not consciously ape, mm. but a tiny bit. It's in your mind. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, if it worked for them, yeah. it's going to work for me. And I'm not sure if I'm retrospectively, you know, um, attaching Richard to that idea, but mm. I, I may not be. It's mm-hmm. hard to remember. But... It was more like um, that I... Um, but there are these weirdly aspirational little things that happen. You know, I have, yeah. two, I have two of them that stick in my mind, is that I was so delayed in recording interviews. I mean, now I do them every week because I do this podcast, but I must have done my first hundred interviews with people with no recording at all, maybe more. I just wrote down notes by hand. Right. And then, what do you mean, no recording? No, at all? I didn't. I like if I if I recorded if I did an interview with a person on the phone, I didn't tape record it. I oh, just okay. talk to them and I write a few. Oh, notes really? And then I get off the phone and write it up. Oh, okay. Before your podcast, you mean? No, yeah. Before I do the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really what's got me into taping interviews. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I'm saying. And and um and my whole thing for that was reading in cold blood and right. going oh so Truman Capote uh, went and 
just listened and used his ears and his pen and paper mm. and wrote down notes and then went home that night. And I just kind of thought, well, if he could do it, mm. Mm. so could mm. I. <laughs> it's just a similar thought, sort of thing, and it's fucking insane. But at the same yep. time, there is a, a you know, a kernel of uh, truth about it or something. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? In the same way, I mean, we. Uh, I like your phrase that you often have, Simon, on, uh, it is my version of that is oh, this. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. if you wanted, needed an alternative, you know, name for your podcast, my uh, yeah. version of that is this. <laughs> good but um but van morrison's version of that is of course seeing lonnie donegan yeah yeah, yeah. you know on, yeah. on on the telly and saying there's an englishman with an acoustic guitar but you been, know that kind of i've thing. been thinking about it lately actually because as i say they stick in my mind but you you to to operate in this sort of vaguely esoteric space i suppose you need something that gives you the license that's really what it is i yeah. think you know, so I've got this thing I've been thinking about because it's one of the poems that I pulled out of the book at the last minute and just for space. Mm. But I, it was a conversation I had with Patrick Gow, who I went through university with and yep. was a good friend and, and continues to be. But um, he, I remember when he moved to Auckland to do journalism and I sort of said to him, I've pulled out of school. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I go, oh, I'm just going to be a freelancer. And he's like, well, then you will find it very, very tough. Mm. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I can do it. Mm. And he said... As a warning, he said, there aren't many people in New Zealand that have made that work. Steve Braunius is one, Mm. and there really aren't that many. You know, obviously there are Mm. loads of people that freelance, right, but in terms of doing that sort of stuff. Mm. And instead of seeing that as a warning, I went, Mm. oh, cool, Steve Braunius did it. I'm going to do that, you know, and I I kind Mm. of went Mm. in that direction. Mm. I went, well, Mm. he's going to be my... Not, yep. not hero and icon and mm. role model, but like trailblazer. He's, he's the trailblazer. Yeah. He's mm. out there and he's done it. Yep. And I was a devotee of the back page of the listener at that time. Mm. So I was like, he's fucking good mm. and he's doing it. And mm. Patty says, and Patty knows his stuff and he says that that's, but I didn't mm. take it as the warning that it was. Mm. Mm. And I've been playing that over in my mind lately. Well, just yeah. going, what a fucking idiot I am. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what an absolute dumb cunt, <laughs> basically. Well, you know. Not in a, a beat-up hey, way. Look, just early a, days, Simon, early days. Mm. You never know where this is going to go. It's a fucking go. long game. I know, I know, <laughs> long game. But look, it can also have the opposite effect. So another little story I occasionally uh, recall to, you know, um, is um, to describe the, the idea of someone putting you off something forever. Mm. And one of the reasons, you know, I took up playing, you know, a guitar and, you know, in, in, in my early 30s, um, and one of the reasons why I didn't really persist when I actually had a guitar when I was in my teens was because um, at Intermediate, there was a chap who played wonderful guitar, you know, as an 11-year-old. Mm. And he had, he had a party trick where he could bend his thumb onto a right angle. Wow. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so, and, and he show, showed me this, mm. and he might have had the guitar in his hand at the time or not, mm. but I just thought, well, I don't have hands that do that, so I'm never going to be able to play a guitar like <laughs> yeah. him, so I'm just going to so give out. up. I'm out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Ridiculous. Totally. Yeah, yeah, you know, totally. You, you know, how you can just yeah. latch on to something yeah. so it can work the other way. No, totally. I'm seeing that actually in Oscar a lot at the moment. Mm. He, he, he thinks like that. Yep. He thinks a lot like yep. that. It's, it's yep. kind of interesting and kind of worrying occasionally. But it's yeah. nice as a parent when you come to realise all these stories and all of your podcast interviews have similar stories, this idea of these these were my ambitions, these were what thwarted my mm. ambitions, these were what made me pivot to this particular mm. uh, avenue, you know, to and mm. and, uh, and they're full of um, pushbacks, you know, mm. that people... Um, 
you know, tell people they can't do this or they can't do that, so they find another way, or they say, bugger you, so, I'm going to do it anyway. So as a parent, you can yeah. say to your children, yeah. do you know what, don't worry about that. Yeah. I know that it seems like you can't do this for this reason, but in fact you can. Yeah, you yeah. can find a way yeah. if you want to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. So what's your first pivot? You decide you don't want to do university. So what do you do yeah, so, instead of that? Well, this is you know where I get into... It's slightly sheepish about some of my history. <laughs> Good. <laughs> let's, and, see, let's see uh, if yeah, I can yeah, get you yeah, to admit yeah, to yeah. more the, of it. Than... The, the sheepish extrovert. How's that for mm. a title? Mm. Um, well, well, the main, one, the, the main. I haven't told you the main reason I didn't want to go to varsity was that um, I wanted to earn money, and the reason I wanted to earn money was because me and my two mates uh, had aspirations to be um, in a synth band. And synthesizers cost. Stop laughing, Simon. Right, that's it. That's it. Interviews over. I know it's cute, eh? Hey? Mm. Cute. And so, we—if you're going to go out and buy, you know, your, your, your latest Roland Jupiter keyboard, mm. you know, you need some dosh. And we were all, you know, none of us were rich kids. Mm. You know, we were, we were hot boys. Mm. <laughs> and. Um, and so we were very interested. We, you know, we loved craft work. We loved, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that sort of saccharine stuff that I was very snobby about as well. You know, um, some of the, um, and um, so you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the flock of seagulls. Just for of, the record, I was just about to say, I okay. bet you weren't. <laughs> you know, I, I loved the Romain and Light. You know, I was, I was yeah, an yeah, early yeah. snob. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean to say that I don't, you know, like. Grooving on the dance floor to Kajagoogoo's too yeah, shy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah totally. No, no, you, so, we all go through that stuff uh, that, too. That, that, that's right. So, but I, um, um, I've, got so too, the, I've got too shy, I'm 45. Too shy, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's a good, it's, yeah. it's got a good, it's quintessential yes. new romantic yes, groove, it is. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I, I was very interested in the idea of, uh, you know, I had, you know, I was a music obsessive, and I, this is one of the reasons that my, I guess, my knowledge of some of the more, you know, punk and, and, and post punk stuff like Flying Nun was kind of not in my domain, you, you know, it wasn't, you know, right. because it was, I, I was kind of interested in the aesthetics yeah, yeah. of factory records of 4AD, mm. you know, I was, I was, I was, I was smitten, mm. you know, but mm. I was, I was, um, infatuated by the, um, by the sort of the, by the, yeah, by the aesthetic of what was coming out, and, and of course I, you know, I, I really liked the content of, you know, Joy Division and New Order and mm. Cocteau Twins and so forth, so, mm. um, I was, um, you know, those were the models, if you like, and, mm. uh, and, and there would be other, other people I would aspire to, people like Matt Johnson from the Thar, people like Thomas Dolby, you, you know, mm, uh, Brian mm. Eno, and mm. a, you know, a whole gamut, you know, people, Boffins, yeah, yeah, the Human yeah. League, early Human League, yeah. two of my favourite records. The, the, being Boiled. Being Boiled, you know. Yeah, amazing. Uh, God, I yeah. didn't hear that until, well, yeah. you know, maybe 10 years ago or so, but right. way after, it, you oh, know, like yeah, it was yeah, pretty yeah. recent. Yeah, and those I just two had, records are stonking. That just absolutely yeah. spun my head. It was yeah. just like, how the yeah. fuck is this? You yeah, know, and yeah, I, yeah. I like their other stuff. Yeah. But it was just yeah. like, how the fuck is, that's yeah. that classic thing, like you're doing that with that Eagles instrumental yeah, track. Yeah, that's it's right. a similar thing. I'm like, how the fuck is this the same yeah, band? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's incredible. So those guys, you know, the other two guys from the Human League, Ian, Craig, Marsh, and, 
and um, and the other dude, mm. you know, it's a long time mm. now, mm. Um, you know, they had the British Electric Foundation, you know, and, and Heaven 17, and, and I was sort of fascinated by this idea of labels and... Um, and, uh, and 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 the music and and the interaction between them. So I was kind of um, you know how you've often talked about your you know your obsession with liner notes and yeah, yeah. reading who's playing bass guitar and who's <laughs> yeah, the yeah. drummer and so forth. Yeah. I was somewhat interested in that, but I was mostly interested in the producers, right? Yeah, yeah. And the label and yeah. the relationship to the artist, uh, yeah. the producers, the writers. Yeah, the mm. label and the artist. Mm. Not so interested in the musicians. Guys, yeah, Possibly yeah. because I wasn't a musician, mm. Um, mm. and therefore I wasn't, um, you know, wasn't learning bass. Yeah, so I yeah, wasn't yeah. seeing who was playing bass. Yeah, Although yeah. I did know the famous bassists. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So um, obviously, it was a hard sell trying to become soft sell for you. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> didn't quite. It didn't yeah, quite yeah, pan yeah, out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so we played a couple of gigs uh, at the. Brasserie, uh, which was a a, um, a club in uh, the Oaks complex. Mm. So I did, and we did one quite successful gig. When I say successful, I mean people liked it, and mm. there was a reasonable crowd. And then we were asked to come back, and it was wasn't so successful. It was kind of like, oh, those guys aren't quite as good as I thought they were. <laughs> this was the manager, yeah, you, yeah. you know, I think, or or yeah. the novelty factor's kind of worn off for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and so we. So we did two gigs. Yeah. But mainly I was interested in recording stuff on Denon metal tape. Oh, yeah. You know, and trying to get pristine recording. Yeah. I was trying to be Trevor Horn yes. on a shoestring budget. Yeah, which is, uh, which is arguably impossible. Could not be done in 1986. No. in Wellington. In Wellington. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, um, uh, so yeah, we, uh, so I, I played those gigs in 87, but we'd been, I'd really been chipping away at it for, since um, my first foray into playing the synth was at my friend Neil's house, who was in, who was in the band, mm. and um, and he was a technical boffin. He was right into um, making elect, messing with electric sets. Mm. You, you know, you'd mm. buy those kit sets yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of thing. So. Um, so the reason why I initially started the synth band was because his dad had an electric organ and what we did was we wired up the electric organ uh, at, at, with external speakers mm. and we put it into his sunroom, which he'd recently built, which was incredibly reverberant. So, <laughs> so we would play this heavily arpeggiated organ mm. in the sunroom that would start to kind of like <laughs> become a kind of cacophony mm. and sound like, you know, uh, Kraftwerk meets Hawkwind or something. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and then I would bellow over the top in this very reverberant <laughs> room and record it. And I'd improvise the lyrics. <laughs> and the song was called The Sound of Dark. Which does not even make sense. No, no, that's that's um, yeah, that's kind of spinal tap yeah, version it, it, it of synth And I had no idea it? I was going to tell you that story. Mm, great, yeah, yeah, good. And um, and and I I, I sort of hoped for a story like that, <laughs> <laughs> sort of hope one like that could come along. So all of this leaves you what? So despondent, you open a video store. Is that not quite? <laughs> No, you're jumping way ahead. No, I know. You're jumping way ahead. So that's um, 
So that was well, we're getting when towards, we were 16. We're getting, we're getting slowly, like... This is shit we did at lunchtime mm, at Nainai College, mm, mm, you know, mm. and, um, and we didn't want to do study. We mm. wanted to go home and record <laughs> our, our um, little mini epics. So what's yeah. your, what, what becomes your day job? to support the idea of yep, so the band's going to be serious and then that, that, that's so what, right. so, what do so you go and do? I, I go and get a job at AMP Insurance Yeah. and um, and that's uh, the best thing that came out of that was I fit, uh, met my good friend Phil Pelleton who's been mm-hmm. my, my friend my close friend ever since mm. so we we were both equally and a paycheck and a paycheck yeah, yeah. that, that was the about $8,000 a year <laughs> yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, and um, you know it was open plan office where people smoked like mm. chimneys. Mm. You know this is 1983, and so I did that um, for a year and a half, and uh, and I had to do my insurance exams, and I choked on those. I thought this is so boring. I can't. Mm. I can't do it. Mm. And uh, so it was time to get out, and I got myself a job as a shop assistant at the EMI shop. Uh, on Lambton Key mm. in 1984, just as those those big records that yeah. you bought, Simon, yeah. were coming yeah. out. Yeah. Born in the USA. Yep. Like a virgin. Yep. Um, Purple Rain. Yeah. You know those those big ones. Yeah, I I I would have bought those on cassette tape. Right. And yeah. uh, and actually, mm. I would have probably not bought those for another couple of years. Yeah. yeah but yeah. yes, mm. absolutely. I didn't really personally start buying. Music until 1987. Yep. So that was yep. my. Yep. But mm. but my auntie bought everything that was new mm. on tape mm. and occasionally on vinyl. Like mm. she bought Let's Dance yep. on vinyl. So yes, I was consuming yeah, yeah, yeah. it that way. Yeah. My yeah, auntie yeah, was the cool person with yeah. the music at that point. My mum yeah. and dad kept up with music and bought new stuff. Mm. But my <clears throat> auntie who lived in Napier was buying like she was into Billy Idol and mm. and David mm. Bowie and. Yeah, Madonna and Cindy Lauper and Prince, and so Indeed. that was and, cool. and, and, yeah. and the pop pop yeah. music and the industry yeah. was huge. You know, those, those, massive. Those, yeah. they were massive. There was money. Massive. You know, yeah, there was yeah. big money in the in, yeah. in the industry. It was yeah. kind of like I think the last. Uh, well, it was know, so big that yeah, you know. like um, people that had already established themselves as serious artists became pop stars overnight. You know, I'm mm. thinking like. Lionel Richie, but particularly Bruce Springsteen and Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. You know, they became like pop stars and yeah. massive pop stars. Yeah. And then, in their separate ways, they both actually withdrew from that and went back to being serious artists. You know, they had their mm. fleeting little moment mm. as a, you know. But I, I knew yeah. Bruce Springsteen only as a pop star because yeah, 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 of yeah. my age, and then right. found out about his back catalogue. And yeah. he's been, a, it's been a fucking torment, tormenting love-hate relationship ever since. Mm, I go from mm. thinking he's actually really good to thinking he's garbage. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I can't explain why. I Sorry, this is Springsteen. Springsteen, yeah. Is that right? Oh, okay. totally. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, I dived right into his stuff okay, and then I'm okay, just like, yeah, nah, yeah. and right now I'm in a, right now I'm in a, in a, in a mm. fuck you Bruce phase. Oh, I don't right? want anything oh, okay. to do no, with no, it. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, not, no, because, I I, really not heavily... because I'm challenging you on that, no, because I'm not, I don't know his stuff well enough, you know, because let's face it, what has he made, 35 albums or something? Yeah, something like that, yeah, yeah. No, um, I mm. I was in really deep in the early probably the early two thousands. Yeah, I was a big big fan. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. since then I've just honestly jumped back and forth. Is it because it's more of the same? I just think he's, it, yeah, I just or, think he's a bullshit artist really now. Right, I just think okay. he's a cloying kind okay. of phony. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. but isn't he allowed his off off days, his off oh, albums? He can do what he likes. Yeah, totally. No, no, no. But it's more, hmm. it's more. Um, I, I, you find it, it a shtick. Is that I do saying? find it a shtick, and I mm. and I think I used to quite enjoy the shtick at times, mm. but now I don't. And I think I've just sort of like recently I decided it's completely unfair to compare someone to someone else, mm-hmm. but or unnecessary. Mm. And I just recently went, why do I give a fuck about? Bruce Springsteen when Paul Kelly's in the world doing a better job. Right. You know, and they don't need to be compared. No, but I've don't. just I've just decided yeah. to compare yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And I've gone, this guy, mm-hmm. Paul Kelly, mm-hmm. is a version of the truth. Mm-hmm. For me. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Bruce Springsteen, is a phony mm-hmm. cunt. Right. Like, that's how I'm sort of seeing it now. <laughs> like I'm dropping C bombs today. <laughs> It's because because I've just been on. Maybe I won't uh, refer this podcast to my mum to listen to. It's because it's because I've just been on Radioactive and they asked me to read a poem and the one I really wanted to read had a c word in it. I knew I couldn't do it. I think so. Now I'm letting them out. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're at EMI as a shop assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm. um, And what? what, You know, we will be here all day if I don't uh, skip ahead. Yeah. Um, And. this is the trouble with being 55 is there's just too much water under the bridge. <laughs> and, um, so, um, I am made a manager of the store after about a year, uh, of not that store, yeah, of yeah. the upper hut store. Yeah. So I get to manage a record store at the age of 19. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it was all in the bat of an eye in retrospect, because again, I only did it for 18 months before I moved back mm. into town again mm. and, and got uh, the Willis Street branch um, in, the, in the BNZ underground. And then I was the manager of the Lampton Key store as well. So I, um, but the beauty of the Upper Hut store and the experience and um, the record that comes to mind immediately is Brothers in Arms, oh, Dire yeah, Straits, yeah. because I did a window display. The stereo testing for it. record. Yeah, for yeah, it, yeah. Ever, I, I, I won a television for my window <laughs> display at EMI Upper Hut, you know. And um, and, and Roger Shepard, you know, can testify yeah. to that because yeah. he was a fellow EMI shop manager, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, yeah. who I met on conference. Classic. The days of the conferences yeah. when there was money, you know, in the, in the industry. Anyway, the beauty of. of uh, the Upper Hut Maidstone Mall gig was that it was doing badly. So I got to go in there and turn a shop around yeah, fix it. And, and fix it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I was, there were, I probably, and I certainly, you know, I think I, I think I doubled the turnover or whatever, and it wasn't that hard to do given how, mm. how it was effectively mismanaged mm. uh, before that. So I kind of got tagged a little bit of golden boy. It's kind of like, oh, this guy, you know. And, um, and whereas, in fact, I didn't do a brilliant job because I overstocked a lot of stuff. Mm. And so I've got, you know, there was a legacy of me yeah. buying too much of certain records that yeah. just would never sell. Yeah. So I, um, and my stock takes were a little wobbly. So I wasn't. What were you doing, buying you know, 35 Billy Bragg albums or something? I can't <laughs> give you an example, but but um, just things that I, 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 I took a role on. Yeah. I probably, you know, had too much of a good time talking to the rep, yeah. and then I decided to indulge him or her. Very easy to do. But Very it's easy not, to do. Especially when it's not really your money. It's, it's not, not really not my money, money you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, I've, I've done that. And I wouldn't have made that many mistakes, but mm. I was embarrassed about yeah. the ones that I did make. Big time. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, Anyway, it was lovely to have that autonomy as a as a young person. Yeah. And then I, um, then I met, was managing the 
Wellington Lambton Key Store, which had moved. It was called HMV by then, so it was rebranded. Um, and um, the uh, and then we went on to a conference. I think it was Queenstown, somewhere like that. I went on several conferences, one one a year, and and I just about fell into my soup um, when they announced that I had won a scholarship to go to England to study uh, the, the stores in England for a month. So, uh, you know, it was just completely out of the blue. They gave yeah. me a kind of manager of the year award. And I, and I was kind of like not, you know, I had turned that store around yeah. right? and I had been, you know, I'd, people thought that I was doing a good job. But I was also a bit of a moaner as well. I wasn't really a company man. I wasn't mm -hmm. very good at saying yes sir, no sir. And uh, a little bit of, um, yeah, didn't like to be told what to do. And, you yeah. know, there, there was, so I was actually thought that I wasn't, um, I didn't think that I would be eligible to get that award. So I didn't mm. even think about it. Mm. And they, you know, they just rolled the dice. And gave me that opportunity. So I was about 22 when I went to England for the first time. And I <coughs> stayed in hotels and I got to tour England um, as far up as Edinburgh and as far south as Brighton. Did you see any gigs? And, uh, I did. I did. Um, only, I think, I might have only got to one mm. uh, that I remember and that was Big Country. Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. them in Newcastle. Yeah. And you know what? I was the only one in the audience that did not know every word <laughs> yeah. of every song. Yeah. It was yes, like, I imagine they play to oh uh, my God. a devoted audience. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was like being in church yeah, or at least yeah. in a football stadium. Yeah. So no, I tried to get to more gigs, I think, and, and you know, trying to get tickets mm. and, you know, it was not, not Just easy. Never get your way around so Newcastle yeah. was, you know, a small town and yeah. uh, and I was able to go along with some people yeah. that I'd had a drink with, you know. Yeah. So. But it was a lovely experience for a young dude. Mm. But that's, uh, we we're coming to the story now of, you know, the video store emerging. Yeah, so yeah, what yeah. happened was while I was on that tour, um, I, uh, you know, I was very much into movies, uh, you know, and uh, trying to see all these, you know, cult items and uh, my favourite directors and so forth and people like David Cronenberg mm -hmm. and... Um, and uh, you know more obscure directors like Larry Cohen. I was into kind of horror and cult stuff, and um, and you couldn't get them in New Zealand. So I'd go into into the HMV stores and Virgin and independent stores and buy videotapes of even things like David Lynch's Razorhead. Mm, mm. You know, so I'd get and and the comic strip, mm. for example, the yeah, Five Go Mad yeah, and yeah. Dorset. You know, so I yeah. I bought about twenty five videotapes when I was over there, and and shipped them back. And uh, when I got back, um, my um, we were my wife worked in a bank at the time, and uh, she was we were able to buy a house because we were on able to get a very good mortgage rate through her yeah. work connection, yeah. and it was the so we were almost buying a house at the same time that I was in England, and then when I got back from England, um, there was a store that was vacant on Aro Street up the road from where we were buying. And uh, it was a shop front, uh, a room at the front of a flat in the shop precinct. And really the connection was, we were in Aro Valley, we'd established ourselves six months earlier. I'd got all of these import videotapes 
and it was it, so six months after we bought the house in Aro Street, I had the shop. Mm. Um, but I was still moonlighting at HMV as a manager, yeah. and and I was taken out to for a special um, uh, cup of coffee with the two head uh, national managers mm. to say, "What am I doing? We've heard you've opened a video store, and you're still managing our stores." <laughs> How was that actually working? How was that? It, I mean, the video store was part-time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had, And how big was it? Well, it was, it was just, tiny. Well, it was tiny. So I started off with 180 tapes. Yeah. And I had um, a few of my mates. You that know, you that personally were, owned. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. That you'd got any. Yeah, that I'd acquired. And, yeah, so right. so I bought, so I had my, you know, I would have, you know, got classified, get classified those arrays yeah. of heads and so forth yeah. to make them legitimate, you yeah. know. And, um... And then I also bought a lot of secondhand stuff from um, from yeah. from junk stores or going to over to the wire wrapper yeah. and going on little trips, yeah, 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 to, yeah. to get stuff. Yeah. Not so much garage sales, but, um, um, uh, uh, video stores that that you know had copies of um, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a, you know, you know, there could be obscure yeah. Robert Altman movies yeah, yeah, yeah. that no one ever rented so and was, were gathering dust. Was your idea to begin with to be somewhat specialist slash elitist? Like cult and lesser, yeah. lesser known? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, right yeah, from yeah. the get-go. Yeah, right. Yeah, and when so I say right from the get-go, it's still arguably that has been no, absolutely. a thing. Our right initial through. slogan yeah, yeah. was Wellington's video alternative, which right. I still kind of cringe at, but alternative yeah. was the buzzword of yes. the day yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in 1989. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, and because video um, stores came into into being, what, in the early to mid-80s, really? 80, yeah. Like mid, mid, 83-ish? 83, you would have got videotapes in yes. your appliance stores. Yeah. So that's very... Because I remember yeah. when I was in, in the uh, H, uh, EMI shop, Maidstone Mall, that was where you got your videotapes to mm. rent, mm. was in your um, your LV Martin type yeah, stores. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, like... Mm. I, I, so I'd know, say 85 yeah, was I when have, it turned into proper video stores. We, were, we weren't... By any stretch, early adopters to mm. owning a, a, um, a VCR, but I remember um, certainly by the time we had one, you know, they had cordless remotes and, and beta was almost phased out mm. and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. we were pretty slow, but I do remember renting things as a family like Beverly Hills Cop and stuff. So yep. it sort of worked out yep. roughly that those things took a bit longer to get in and mm. that we probably were a year or so behind. So probably 85, yeah. 86, yeah, we yeah, were. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was look going back to this idea of the, the American Top Forty being mm. a you know a template. You know, it, I, I did enjoy seeking out the the mm. things that weren't getting exposure, mm. that, and and this idea that we have as you know curators. Mm. You know, we have this compulsion to to want to introduce people to stuff they yeah, haven't yeah. heard before. Yeah, yeah. So that was what really interested me. So um, when do you get yeah. shit canned from the from the <laughs> from the music store? Oh, or, I, well, or, well, or shake well, hands or walk yeah. Away or so, whatever. so they, they, you know, it wasn't a meeting that, you know, I think they wanted to give me a drilling down, but mm. I kind of charmed my way out of it and said it'll be fine and so forth. But I was a bit when I got back from England after the, mm. you know, having this money spent on me to go and do that, they were really, um, they disappointed me in that, um, you know, the knowledge that I had procured you know they weren't really harvesting it mm. they, you know so I went to another conference and they hadn't even scheduled me to even speak about my experience I had to do it myself I had to say hey do you want me to 
talk about my England experience? Yeah, yeah. Hello? You know, or, or was that just a big waste of time? Yeah. I mean, you know. yeah. And so, um, so I felt like, I guess the other frustration with working for a chain of music stores was that they were constantly chopping and changing um, the buying. So you had autonomy. Traditionally, you had autonomy as the manager to buy what you wanted mm-hmm. and create your own um, subculture yeah, yeah, within yeah, the yeah. brand. And then they would kind of decide that that's not the way they want to go. Now we've got twice as many stores. We're going to have a central head office in, mm. in Auckland. And person A is going to be responsible for negotiating with all of the record companies and they will buy... Yeah, and, and then, bulk. Yeah, and you will have a little bit of. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you a and little bit. That's the world of, I entered into as a. Indeed, store and so yeah. you know when you get that autonomy taken away from you somewhat, mm. you feel like your your skills are actually being underutilized, and oh, you totally. get grumpy. And then yeah. so what happened was I just when I left HMV, it was um, I, I was quite happy to do it. I, 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 it wasn't with remorse. It was time. It was, it was time. time. It was yeah. kind of like you know. And so the store in Aro has always been in the exact same location or was this a different no so i've had two locations locations. so the first location was only for 18 months yeah you know so out of 31 years yeah it's a bad of an eyelid you know wow yeah yeah. Uh, so that was just the room um yeah you know i was was trying to imagine and literally i don't know how i'm not very good with um, square meters but you know um, it was Fifty percent bigger than this room we're right, sitting okay, in. Right, so a little room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know we would go to the loo at my house, yeah. which was down the road and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so how was, um, how does it grow? I mean, obviously it's a good time for videos, and so how does it grow to be a full store? And, so and that I, happens at, what eighteen months after opening, basically. Well, what what happened also? Yeah. So there's a little bit missing mm. in that is that um, is that I go uh, and work for my fellow manager. Um, Alan McFarlane, who opens Alan's CDs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so I, I help him open his first store. Oh, yeah. So, in fact, what happened was I actually, we have the conversation about, um, with my managers, about me opening the store and moonlighting. And then two months later, I've resigned and I'm working for Alan, who has opened his store in December of 89. Mm. So, um, and Alan, you know, basically pays me a decent wage and sacrifices his own wage in order to get my, you know, expertise to help him create the pop catalogue because mm. he's a, a classical and, jazz, and jazz-oriented yeah. person. So, so he, you know, he made a business decision to employ my knowledge yeah. uh, to, to help him develop that side. So that's what he did. Yeah. And uh, so that was fun. But I, again, I um, didn't work for him as long. I probably only worked for him for... Between, you know, just over a year, mm. because my store had then become. Um, I I moved my store to the new location where it currently is, and I became full time in April of ninety one. Mm-hmm. So I became self employed from that moment on. Mm. Mm. So um, yeah. Oh, so you've got a another thirtieth anniversary coming up. In a yeah, way. yeah, I have. Yeah, thirty yeah. years self employed. Yeah, 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 that's right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Mm. What I mean, what was it like? The video store takes on a life of its own, and it gets busy. Yeah, um, I mean, I've told there's a few stories I've told many, many times, yeah. and um, and and the quick version of it is that um, you know I was away in Christchurch at a wedding, and my brother was looking after the store, 
and um, and I rang him. It was a wet weekend, Easter weekend of 90, 1990, and uh, he he said, you know, that uh, we had one hundred and eighty tapes available for sale, and one hundred and twenty of them had been rented. <laughs> and it was like you're joking, you know, <laughs> like so. It was like okay. Um, These numbers are brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, uh, I think I, I, will be able to make a go of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but so how quickly mm. do you expand from there? Like, what, you know, how do you, how does it grow into, you know, the library that it mm. obviously eventually becomes? But before it, before it's mm. the library that it is now, it's mm. basically a full library on videotape. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, so yep. you're talking so 180 tapes. So it's 10 years yeah. of being a VHS exclusive library. Okay. So the 90s were the VHS yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when so DVDs yeah. came in in 2000, in 2000 but they were very low key you, for quite right. a while. So I was a little yeah. slow on the uptake because yeah. I thought, oh you're god, fighting. I'm going to have to buy. I'm you've fighting got video it. on your title. Yeah. Well, I'm just <laughs> you're like, not a fad. <laughs> well, I just was very much into building a breadth of titles you know yeah. i was just obsessed with kind of like getting as wide a variety as i could you know yeah. that still had quality attached to them yeah because as you know i'm famously you know snobbish about getting you know i know this, you i get about you know i know you've been going through the uh the, the halloween sequel <laughs> simon yeah. lately yes and of course you know and i and I was very puristic around yes. that. We had um, this conversation the other week, and I'm surprised you've come here in your Freddy Krueger socks um, that I'm looking at, peeking out from your boot. And, right, right, right. And, and, and you come here as some sort of snob that's not going to stop full horror, classic horror franchise, although you pretty much do have the Elm Street franchise. No, the thing is that, I, that, 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 that it all changes. I love how you bowled your trousers down. <laughs> Not, 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 <laughs> to not, to not show no, the glimpses. No, no, okay, there you go. Yeah, they you, are you pretty know. Kruger songs. Yeah, they are. They are yeah. his colours. They're three colours. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, this is the thing, though, is that um, I was... This is the thing about being the so-called alternative, mm. is that it evolves, you know, and uh, what I... So while I might have been snobby about, you know, the Halloween remakes because I saw them as kind of blatant mm. cash-ins mm. and somehow I had this ridiculous you know puritanical sense of you know what art should be uh you know like mm. uh mm. and and that somehow that if i didn't buy s certain titles that i was putting my foot down and saying you know enough of this sort of of this uh, financial exploitation you know what i mean by just churning out trash and yet i was happy to to promote the trash of yesteryear so yes, you know it's a funny I mean? yeah, it's a yeah. funny double standard, isn't it? But it, but, it, but it makes sense to you. Yes, and it's it your does. store. It does. And at the end of the day, that's actually all yeah. that matters, and that's the sort of mm. wonderful hypocrisy that you're allowed. As, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. frankly, yeah, yeah, as yeah, a, yeah. you know, I, I like my own trash. I used to yeah. get that levelled at me. Um, you know, even writing a blog, like mm. you're so dismissive of, you know. Uh, X type of music mm. but then you want us to believe that you know the first album by Phil Collins is a classic and I was like mm. I don't actually care whether you believe that or not I just right. felt like writing about it but yeah. but yeah. it's true it is yeah. it is arguably a double standard yeah. but this is the whole point of yeah. of taste is that it, it morphs yeah. 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 it flows yeah. and if you're the decision maker yeah. be it the person writing an article or the person running a video store yeah, it's your call. There are two other reasons, though, um, for 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 making a mm. decision about you know not. I mean, we still don't have all of the Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, you know, I think we've only got the first got one, and and it is disappointing because we should have them all. Yeah, and that's because 
you know, my attitude to that changed. Maybe you've got the first two. Yeah, Lower right. Number okay. two the other week. So, um, and the thing is that they become. Um, no, just back to my former point, which mm. was the other two reasons why I would not have bought those successive sequels. Mm. And I did, and, and it's true that we did buy the Freddy Krueger ones as they came out. It's mm. true, two, three, etc. Um, one was that I had a philosophy that the more that we stocked, you know, the more we kind of cluttered the shelves with also rands, yeah. the more the more that it um, diluted the experience yeah. of being yeah. able to, you, you know, for people to kind of not have to wade through stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a certain appeal about wading through stuff. Yeah. People love wading through stuff, some people, yeah. and other people don't. They don't want to look through all the trash to get yeah, to yeah. the good stuff. So there's a so that was another reason, and also just you know saving some pennies, mm -hmm. you know, pure business decision. No, totally. Here's an excuse to not spend fifty bucks or a mm hundred -hmm. bucks mm -hmm. on one title. Mm -hmm. I will save my money, and I will either direct it here. Direct, yeah. direct it here. You're talking in a climate too where you are, as you say, the alternative. You are an independent small boutique mm. video store in an era where there is what in Wellington there's. A, couple, a few video easies. There's yeah. the birth of Amalgamated, which I think got up to nine stores yep. in total around yep. the region, yep. and United Video, and yep. blah blah blah. There's mm. and then a few other little indie stores too. Mm. With you know there was the one in Thorndon and so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so you have to have a point of difference. Yes, you're trying yes, to. That's right. You have that's to. Right. Exactly. And I remember that about. I mean, I remember mm. coming to Wellington, and I reckon it was in my first year here, in '95. People probably someone in my hostel mm. making their way to Aro Video, and mm -hmm. you know you find your groups and places like that. So there were a bunch of us that were interested in films, yeah. And it sort of became this thing of like, well, this mm. have you been there? Mm. This mm. you will find some shit there that you yeah, will not yeah, find yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. And so mm. if I reckon I made it there that year, and if not, it would have been the following year. Mm. But it was like you know, yeah. Mm. Fuck! I've heard of this, mm. and uh, I didn't you know? Mm. I didn't think you could. I mean, I remember. And people still do. Simon. A few years on, Even now. yeah. A few years on, mm. I remember going. Probably it was about two thousand or so, but getting mm. you know the Gigi Allen film, hey? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that was exactly. a, that, and exactly. that that would be one of your classics. Absolutely. Within from that yeah. time, for and, example, and, and like I love a, that film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like now yeah. it's almost the only mm. good Todd Phillips film yeah. <laughs> as yeah. he continues to make more films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Although I had a really interesting reaction to that. I watched mm. it a couple of years ago and didn't like it anywhere near as much. Right, I really, right, right. I mean, as a film, it's good, but I just mm. guess I just kind of went, why did them, you know, I don't, not, not so much why did he make a film about such a despicable, idiotic character, but mm. I, I, I kind of had this, maybe like it was a nerdy mm. father response to it or something. I don't yeah. know if it was in Oscar's lifetime or not, but I, I just watched it and decided... All the charm that I felt about it as a film and yeah. all the horror show kind of, yeah. fuck, look at this freak. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I've just seen too much of that stuff now. Totally. And probably. you don't need to see that film twice. No, you know? no, its it, impact it, it, is. It, 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 but it was a bit of a thing of like um, uh, um, making people watch it with you. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Again, that thing, you wanted yeah. to be the one that yeah. introduced it to someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you were, you know, so you're specialising in those sorts of mm. things. Look, I was really plugging in, you know, what mm. I was doing was not rocket science. Mm. It, it, it is, I'm a, I'm a shopkeeper. And I'm a, um, somebody who's very much plugged into what the film festival is doing, yes. what Ann Timpson is doing. Yeah. You know, so he, you know, with the incredible, incredibly strange film festival, yes. which, you know, was an amazing event that yeah. he, he uh, 
created yeah. uh, in, the, in the 90s, you know. So I was a fanboy in that sense, and I saw, certainly saw some awful stuff yeah, that yeah, he yeah. put into that festival as well. Yeah. But also some incredibly exciting stuff, you know, yeah. that was like, wow, I can't believe I'm watching this in a New Zealand cinema. Mm, mm. And uh, thank, you know, you know, thanks, Ant, yeah, for going yeah, to yeah. the the effort of, uh, of, of, of putting it in and front of audiences. The, the number of people that come into your store after that and ask for things exactly. like Plan 9, you exactly. know, because, like, right. you know, those exactly. big ticket yeah, items yeah, yeah. within the strange yeah. film world. And it's true. I mean, the thing yeah. is with, with Ant was that I, I was already into that stuff yes. prior because one of the reasons, and this is possibly the same reason that Ant is, I don't know, but uh, those uh, research books were very influential, mm-hmm. the incre- Research Incredibly Strange book mm-hmm. that Ant named as his festival after, you know, so I was reading about Ray Dennis Steckler and mm-hmm. Herschel Gordon Lewis, you know, that yeah, book yeah. was really kind of like, wow, Russ Meyer and yeah, so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind of, and it's, it's forbidden fruit. Yeah. It's kind of like, I want some. I need oh, some. totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched a doco recently on um, the Troma mm. film company, mm. you know, and I remember mm. thinking like, I don't know how I got to Toxic Avenger, but yeah. watched that when I was really young. Yeah. And it, it blew my mind. It's so yeah. fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. something yeah. really yeah. exciting yeah. and hypnotic about that. Yeah. And so, yeah, you get your versions of that. Yeah. There you go. There's that phrase. Mm. But you mm. get your versions mm. of that that you stick to. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the irony is, of course, that Toxic Avenger is R16 or R18. Mm. And yet it probably is the most effective on a 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Because totally it's kind of, when I watched you know, it. a yeah. little bit like the Omen effect. Yeah, you know, yeah. When you see that... that uh, guy get um mm. you know cut in half yes. in the elevator and you yeah. see his kind of like yeah. his innards you're kind of like oh my god rewind that right yes, now yes, yes. not oh my god turn away that's no. disgusting yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like i can't believe what i've just seen or omen and, two where uh, she gets her eyes picked out and the train uh, the, yeah you know the, the you money rewind, rewind rewind money totally. shots yeah, yeah yeah rewind watch again <laughs> rewind watch again <laughs> Did we turn into serial killers? No, we did not. <laughs> not yet. You know. not yeah, I've got a few more years of getting frustrated with freelancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But um, Gosh, I've... that's incriminating. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was... Um... Oh, there, there, was, there was something that you just mentioned that uh, triggered another um, subject, but it's, it's gone from... Mm, the... mm. So, um... business is good through the 90s. Oh, I can tell... I can tell... Oh, yeah. do, you, do you want me to digress? Mm, mm. Yeah. You're going to anyway. I'm going so to tell you. Yes. You, want, you want to hear my trauma story? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. okay I do. Um, I had quite a few phone conversations with Lloyd Kaufman. Wow. Oh wow! Right. Yeah. And and um, and I might be wrong. It might have been Michael Hertz. Right. But I'm pretty sure yeah, it was yeah. Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, so the two guys that, yeah. that started trauma. Okay. And the reason why I ended up having long conversations with him, which was surreal. Yeah. It was like talking to the one of the characters in Barton Fink yeah. or, or, or another Coen Brothers movie of the movie Mogul with the cigar, he kind of... with the feet up on the desk <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. In a, in a uh, New York drawl, yeah. talking to me, Andrew. Well, I tell you what, Andrew. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like kind of, cowering and yeah, you know yeah. and the reason i'm talking to lloyd kaufman has nothing to do with the video store it has mm. to do with securing the rights to white zombie mm. for the music video that i made for porcelain toy oh wow right. yeah okay. so what yeah, happened yeah, was yeah. so we so that whole project yeah. was 
um, the in order to get a decent quality copy of White Zombie, it was it was digitized. Mm. Uh, sorry, remastered mm. by a specialist. You know who I think had since died, mm. and he, he was a guy into restoring. Um, you know, old Hollywood films, and uh, and my the guy that was doing the fresh special effects on this music video that we were putting together said, you know, you really need to get just the very best quality that you can in order to make this effect work, and so I tra tracked down that the rights holder of White Zombie was Troma Films. Wow! And yeah, yeah. so they'd acquired it from the yeah. um, from this guy who had uh, I think owned the rights for a while, and. Um, and so, can you imagine, you know, getting hold of Lloyd Kaufman to yeah, sort of like exactly. ask if you can get yeah. the rights? Not only do I want the rights, <laughs> but I also want him to make a print on 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 a high quality digital tape yeah. and send it to me. You know, like <laughs> Lloyd, you got nothing better to do, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, anyway, so that so the idea was I don't know if. You've seen the music video or, or, or lately? Okay, so okay, so the idea was that we'd we'd because um, I remember the band and you were yeah yeah yeah. So we cut stuff, down so we yeah. cut down um, excerpts from the film from White Zombie with Bella Lugosi, and we erased yeah. the two protagonists, Coming the young woman now. and yeah. the young man, and we put in the two members of the band. Yeah, and. Uh, and so to create the illusion that they were inside the movie. And so what the problem was with Lloyd was that he said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm happy to do what you're asking because it sounds fabulous, but uh, I don't want to get sued. I don't want to get sued by the estate of whoever the actress was, mm -hmm. you, you know. Mm -hmm. Because they can come after me because, you know, you're doing things with their image that might not be... Legit. <laughs> so he basically said, I'm going to give it to you, but I don't want anything to do with yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. being credited or anything like that. Yeah. So that was, wow. that, that was it. And, and he ended up getting, you know, his, one of his guys to make me, to send me excerpts from, not the whole film, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, enough, on a, enough, enough for what, for what I wanted. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. That's you know, to get. It was a, That was yeah, a slam dunk. big time. Yeah. And it made a huge difference to the final. Because if you look at, you know, a lot of fan videos that are made from compositing old films. Mm. You know, a lot of them are quite ropey in quality. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and where they're just sort of cutting together stuff. So we managed to get something that was quite lush. Yeah. For something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the nineties mm. are the nineties are your VHS years, and they go mm. well. Like the store, what just gets busier and busier, basically. I mean, obviously, there's going to be ebbs and flows within that, but does it once you have that moment yeah, of like, I, hey, we haven't got enough tapes, basically, and you start to get more. Yeah. So we built another. When I say built, mm. you know, we, there was a flat above the yeah. uh, the store that where we where we are currently. So it's a two storied house. Yeah. Of uh, um, dwelling, and um, in 1996 we expanded into the top floor. That's right. So um, yeah. so that was huge. Uh, to be able to do that, and so that's the shop as it's remained mm. uh, ever since. And um, um, so the landlord mm. built a staircase, especially an external. Mm. You know, it was effectively pushed out and built a uh, 
um, you know, a staircase, an internal staircase. Mm. Mm. And mm. Uh, so that was the. So that's just that's just told me that mm. I didn't go there until it was you had an upstairs. Yeah. But mm. I do remember people from my mm. hostel renting from there. Like I, mm. I can actually, funnily enough, remember watching the first three Halloween movies. All oh, right. Um, mm. That would have come from there. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um. So um, I think that I. The thing is about that period is that you're constantly wanting to build the library so your profits effectively, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it does get busier and busier. But it was never sort of like, you know, it was never a you're massive cash, a cash cow. cow. No, no, no. Everything's I, going back into in, it. In, in, indeed. And also yeah. I'd actually missed the cash cow years yes. because um, yeah. everybody was into it, I guess, in the 90s. And then, and then there was, um, you know, the, the early people that got in early, uh, they were the ones that I've mentioned this quite a few times mm. before in interviews, mm. you know. Um, wheelbarrowing cash to the bank, and that, mm. those are the days. Those were the um, mid to late eighties. But you were mm. surviving nicely enough with a hobby yep. slash job you yep, loved, yep, yep, yep. and you had a position of yep. um, sort of privilege and power in in in, yep. in, yep. in yep. that industry, like in the yeah. But I'm still kind of a, I'm still a greenhorn as well. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're but you're enjoying just, yeah. building your yep. your fan base, your audience. Yeah, you're absolutely. getting loyal customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole building of a business is a really is a really thrilling thing, you mm. know. And it's um, and and seeing results and being able to kind of you know strategize and think about new promotions. You know, I've been I've always you know enjoyed the marketing aspect of it. I've enjoyed you know doing my own Photoshop stuff and mm. coming up with slogans and you yeah. know a terrible punner, you know and. Uh, um, you know, always um, coming up with names of shit like I have for your podcast. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. So, so that's stuff that I I, I really do enjoy. But um, uh, but then you also I, I've also got a um, uh, there's a I'm also a person who's a little bit of a control freak as well, and I'm not terribly good at delegating, and I'm not terribly good at. Uh, you know, I'm a, you know, I was into it because of the the movies and the librarian aspect, mm, not mm. the business aspect. So I was yeah. not a great businessman, certainly adequate. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I didn't look at it from that no. point of view. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have barcodes, yeah. for example, yeah. in our store. So it's still slow to process yeah. stuff and whatnot. This is because I didn't, I didn't think about business efficiency. If I had my time again, mm. I would have done those things differently. Mm. Um, and I, I basically blagged my way through that, that stuff. And it grew kind of organically and much to the chagrin of my current staff. Like, <laughs> God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> well, you say that, but they're pretty yeah. loyal. No, they are, but, you know, sometimes yeah, they, yeah. Can, they can trip over stuff because of the way that, you know... I guess in a yeah, way, loyal yeah. staff have, tend to have the most gripes too. Well, like, no, they're not. They're not terribly gripey. Don't get me wrong. It, no. it's it's just that I know that there are systems that drive me crazy. Yeah, and uh, it's too and late I, to and, change anything. And, yeah, now. well, I'm trying to improve things, but yeah, um, um, yeah, you know, I'm. But you're in a world too where you're just hanging on now, really, too, yep. arguably. Yep. We'll yep. get to yep. that. Yep. But yep. Um, so it's hard to change. I mean, mm. yes, there's an adapt or die process mm. that many people are going through for many reasons now. But mm. it's hard to mm. to overhaul mm. things when mm. it's when you're trying to hang yeah. on. So the the golden age really is this uh, you know of the business is the yeah. first ten years. Yeah. And the uh, um, the one format. Yes. And. Uh, 
and yeah, fairly l- relatively low overheads. Yeah. You know, so um, I had enough money to be able to acquire what I could, uh, you know, to build the library and so forth. And um, and then uh, the the second, um, you know, once DVD came into popularity. Mm. So you fought um, that for a little bit. I did fight that because um, it was um, I would have to buy twice as much of everything, and um, we've always been a kind of like two or three, maybe yes. four copies of yeah. things, and yeah. never more than that. So yeah. unlike our competitors who yeah. would have twenty copies, yes, die hard or whatever. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I, I always kept it very tight, you know, in terms of my my expenses. And, yeah. Uh, and also, there was this idea that if we actually, we just didn't have the capacity to expand that much. So if we did start to market more, advertise more, provide more copies of things, there wasn't the room, not only for the product, there wasn't no. the room for the customers yeah, yeah, to yeah. be there. So what do you want to do? But stand in a congested line of 10 people mm. while you waited? And mm. you know, So practically... It couldn't actually go any higher than uh, it was, yeah, there was, yeah. there was a certain capacity yeah. to it. Um, so the, the the DVD thing was um, a double-edged sword. One of the things was it became a new gold rush for the wholesale side of the business because they yes. could suddenly re-release everything and get and 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 there'd be money there yeah. by re-releasing their old product and releasing all sorts of other obscurities. Yeah, yeah. So there was a windfall of product. So I really enjoyed that aspect of yeah, it, but yeah. it was also financially demanding yeah. because we had to pay for it all. Yeah, yeah. And our, and our fan, business, as you say, it felt like buying it twice in some cases. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, um, and and I think the other thing was that, um, you know, the the what turned out to be the biggest competitor for us before the, you know, piracy and and mm. you know the internet was. The Wellington Public Library. All of a sudden, when DVD yeah, came yeah, in, their, their VHS, their VHS collection was rubbish. You mm. know, they didn't stock the, you know, the Tom Hanks or the Steve mm. Martin or the, or whatever. Mm. Um, let alone art house stuff. Mm. But once DVD came in, all of a sudden, the library took it upon themselves to become a, mm. uh, you know, a, a, um, a fairly good cataloger of film yeah yeah and so that became a kind of like holy hell this is my ratepayers' money dudes (laughs) that you are undermining me with you know and so it became you know uh challenging you know Mm. not in terms of you know they weren't an existential threat but i it became um uh, you know, with the expenses and the, and so a pressure became mm. a pressure where mm. where I had to really you know fight to hold my ground and to try to do things better because that they were cheaper and more convenient for people that lived uh, you know worked in town. Yeah, you know, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, totally. So there's always a challenge. There's always something that mm. you're facing. Mm. Um, so I would say you know that the it's only in retrospect yeah that I look at the VHS period and think that that was relatively um, you know, stress-free. Yeah, straightforward. <laughs> straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the I guess the two thousands to two thousand and ten becomes the DVD years, mm-hmm. basically, yep. and that has mm. that mostly goes well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I had. Um, and the video side of it starts to just shrink away, like you re- yeah. replace more and more things yeah. with DVDs. But you still got your—I mean, you still have some on the shelves. You still got your cult items that 
yeah, aren't around yeah, yeah, yeah. or and I imagine you've got mm. dwindling I know you've got someone who works for you that's into this but you've probably got a few VHS fetishists yeah that yeah, that yeah. come for it on that format mm, mm. yeah it's um I guess the true fetishists are ones that collect yes, you know that, yeah. that you know import yeah, stuff yeah. and uh, and there's some wonderful YouTube clips of, of uh, say um, you know collectors and stores that uh, um, or collections, I should say, in mm. Melbourne, I've looked at um, where they've got all of the old roadshow VHS wow, horrors yeah. and stuff in mint condition. Wow. And the reason why they've got them is because they acquired them from the warehouses <laughs> when they closed and they got all wow. of this pristine, unplayed VHS tape. So, you know, I can never compete with that yeah, sort yeah. of thing, you know. Um, that, uh, that, that coffin shaped like yeah yeah night, all of that stuff where, things, where, yeah. The, where there was a lot of investment yes. in the packaging yes and so you that's so impractical yeah and you don't necessarily want to watch the movie no. 99 times out of 100 but to see them to have it to, to see, see it. them uh, in a collection is uh, you know is nostalgia bliss you know ner it's nerd mm. nerd nirvana yeah 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 so, cool. mm. and you I mean I was watching I was thinking about this when uh I was flying back from overseas last year when we were allowed to do that, and I um, watched Flight of the Concords perform in London mm -hmm. and uh, in this giant arena. Mm. And uh, I think, you know, with their... I mean, they've got a massive audience, but also mm. with that cult that they built up to begin with around the time of the TV show and before that, yeah. a, f a funny part of their story is performing in your shop. Yes, yeah, Which, yeah. So that must be quite unreal to you to see them, you yeah. know, to see these yes. specials that they now put out where they're playing to like a sold out yeah. giant London yeah, arena. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. what what was the story behind them playing in the store and, yeah. and, and, and yeah. the street being packed? It's funny because it's not, I hadn't thought about that event for mm. this interview, for example. You know, mm. it's just a, but it is very, you know, it is in people's consciousness, yeah. you know, yeah. and, um, and it's not that they choose to forget it because it was a wonderful experience it's yeah. just funny how you kind of like take it for granted yeah yeah and um so the thing with that was that i uh brett was the one who was i saw more in the store mm. and so he was and i also had a connection through his mother deirdre who was the ballet yeah uh, had the ballet school yeah and yeah. i've got two daughters and both of them went to, uh, yeah. to ballet school okay. and um so we knew Deirdre, um, but that wasn't the reason why I was able to get to Brett. Yeah, it, yeah. it was just uh, it was just another parallel connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, so I just I think I um, I mentioned it to Brett when he was in the shop mm. when he would, would occasionally come in, and uh, he said, "Yeah." Well, what sounds, was the reason it? for it? Nothing. Just no, it, no, 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 no. They were releasing their the DVD the, okay. set yeah, of yeah, their yeah. T HBO TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is in February of 20, uh, 2008. Mm. And um, so it was perfect timing. It was kind of like, uh, so I'd, I think I'd emailed him yeah. you know, maybe six months earlier yeah. one, you know, to ask him. And I never heard back, mm. you, you know, mm. as you do. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and then I, you know, like I saw that the date was coming up. Uh, for the DVD re release, and I thought this is such a good opportunity. I'm going to have to keep trying. So I would 
uh, send off the odd email to, to, to say, uh, you know, are you still interested? This would work really well. Eagle versus Shark is coming out also at the same time. Mm. So I thought Taika could be involved and, and Lauren, who eventually yeah. was involved. Yeah. And so we had the, the one-two punch of uh, those DVD releases. And um, I didn't hear anything from Brett until, I think, a week before or, or something. You know, you know what, maybe two weeks. Mm, mm. Like, I'd given up. Yeah. It was not going to happen and yeah. forget about it. Fine and then out of the blue, I got something like, yeah, sounds good. Do you want to meet up for a coffee? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, now? Because <laughs> it's one of those things yeah. that, in my mind, it, it, it feels like one of those Wellington moments that, a little bit like when the White Stripes played at the old bodega, you know, mm. like it's 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 our version of uh, the mythical Sex Pistols gig that apparently yep. everyone was at, you know, <laughs> in, a, in a funny kind of way, right, you know. Yeah, it's one of those yeah, talked yeah. about Wellington things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say, well, do you remember when Flower Concords played at Arrow Video? Well, here's the thing, I guess, about that experience for me was mm. that I felt... Stressed. No, 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 no. No, I didn't actually. What, what I felt was... After that event had happened, I felt re-legitimized because I was starting to feel mm. alienated. Mm -hmm. I was starting to feel that people were dropping away, mm. that piracy was a real thing, yeah. that people could get their obscure movies uh, this way and that way. Yeah. And that we were not necessary anymore. You were old. Yeah. You, the store, I mean. Yeah, you yeah, were yeah. Old yeah. fashioned. So and uh, and that there was a. Uh, in other words, all the things that you think you're doing wrong, you know, are around maybe your price or your, you know, the, the things that you present or the things that you're not buying. You start to sort of second guess. You're sort of thinking. You just basically become insecure. Mm. And what I found after that event was that I suddenly saw a whole bunch of faces that I hadn't seen for a little while mm -hmm. and that you realized that just because you hadn't seen these people did not mean that they did not like you, didn't mean, didn't mean that they didn't like your brand or what you stood mm -hmm. for and, mm -hmm. and that they weren't supporting you. It's just that, yeah. you know. Um, People's lives get it, in the way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, and the other thing was that Real Groovy was at its peak mm. in that um, in that time. Mm. So Real Groovy, I think, uh, and so they were becoming the go-to place for DVDs, yeah, that big were, store actually, at the yes. top of Cuba yeah, Street, yeah, yeah. and uh, where you go and buy your DVDs, massive selection, and, um, yeah. you know, it was hog heaven for... And they could, and they could um, drop the price on stuff. Yeah, all of that sort of kill, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, uh, and so they were kind of competitive, but they were also adjacent yeah. to us as well. Yeah. But I felt... The fact that we had got the flight of the Concords and and they hadn't played in real groovy was mm. definitely like a coup. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. It was because they were kind of like they were cool, mm. you know. And as far as I was concerned, they were kind of like we're the cool kids hung yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all the yeah. It was payback in a yeah. way, or no, you know, not payback, but like a little tribute, like a. No, it was kind of like I'm on the block too, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was how I felt. It was no, like, but I mean from mm. Brett and Jermaine, it was their. Oh, I Payback see what you in mean. A way. Like yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just going, yeah, we, we hung out here. Yeah. We we like this. We like yeah. what this place is about. Yeah, that's right. We like this place. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That's pretty So amazing. I felt like I was sort of back on the map. Mm. And that was really because you do over 
many, many years, you know, yeah. your, your level of confidence fluctuates. Yeah. And, um, you know, even the timing of this podcast, this interview, yeah. you could have got me six months ago and I could have been down in the dumps. Yeah. Or, 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 or whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. is kind of, um, yeah. it is cyclical. Yeah, yeah, so what, you're feeling pretty upbeat at the moment? Yeah. Is that I've, what you're saying? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm relatively the, so I am. Because from mm. the 2010s mm. through to now become, not the whole time, but they become the hanging on years. Yeah. It's the second half of that. Yeah. Would you say from 2015? Uh, ish, ish. Yeah, good. Yeah. It's, it's probably earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, earlier 2013. That, yeah. yeah. But then um, the hanging on years can also be demarcated by the publicity we got. Yes. So what becomes public then yes. becomes kind of like, oh, they're, they're struggling from this point onwards, you know, where we all of a sudden we were in the paper talking mm. about the struggle. You went on so that means. Hell. So that means the struggle yes. uh, can be, you know, is, is a long time brewing before yes. that happens. Yeah, yeah. Kim Hill, I think, was, um, sorry, my, with my nerdy dates, but yes. that was late t- 2015. Yeah. And, um, and, but I had had publicity about, about the difficulties of fighting piracy and so yeah, forth yeah. two years earlier. Yeah. So we had a kind of a... Yeah, a, but when you go on Kim Hill mm-hmm. and when you sort of change around the, the idea that people can support the store in different yeah. ways yeah, yeah. around that time, um, which could could and was in some circles characterised as a, a, a major cry for help, of, of really. Yeah. Um, some good came from that, right? Like there was some good support. Definitely. Definitely yeah, changed yeah. things. Absolutely. If you hadn't done that, yep. we would be having a different conversation. Yep. If, there if, was, if we were having one. No, it was, um, uh, it was important to get the message out there and that seems ordinarily counterintuitive because when you talk about bad news mm. normally it's a self-fulfilling prophecy yes. and so they generally don't tell you to do it yeah but i think that we had enough i'm fortunate enough to have enough goodwill in the brand yeah that it had the opposite effect that it's kind of like oh no uh in fact what happened was i just about you know choked on my toast when i was when, when i read the the headline, um, in, um, in, on stuff, uh, one morning in late 2015, where the news had broke before I'd gotten my newsletter out. Right. And because I'd yeah. done an interview yeah. and they told me they were going to wait until no, after I, just... I sent out the newsletter, they didn't, of course they, they immediately did. published <laughs> of course it they did. and it had Netflix kills RO video. More or less, as yeah. the headline. I've used so, up. So I looked at the. I've paper. used up my quota of c words, but of course yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> right. And so that was really distressing. So yeah. I immediately got hold of the guy that wrote the article, who was lovely. Yeah. Can't yeah, remember yeah. who it was, but um, and said, "Okay, we'll get that um, headline changed. Sorry about yeah, that." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's not fair. That's not fair. Stuff's just... always had a way of trying to get that mm. um, sneaky, nasty headline over the... Yeah. You know, my I did the blog for them for nine years, mm. and I remember it vividly. My 400th blog post was the one I was the most proud of. It was the interview I did with Phil Judd, mm. and I wrote... Uh, you know, I had a 90-minute interview with him, but no one had talked to him, mm. and I wrote... Two and a half thousand words detailing my whole background of following this guy's music and then tracking him down and over the chess pieces of over a couple of years him mm. agreeing to do an interview. 
And because in it, he said, buried somewhere near the end, if we'd never been in a band together, I don't think Tim and I would be friends, which mm -hmm. is a fair thing to say because they wouldn't have. Yeah. And so Stuff took it, oh. put it on the front page. First time I ever got the front page of Stuff. So it was a very bittersweet moment. They got yeah. a photo of, they composited a photo of Phil and Tim with a lightning bolt, you know, through the oh middle. Oh, my God. Splitting it apart. It looked like fucking Women's Day. Yeah. With the headline, No Longer Friends, F-R-E-N-Z. And I got, I got on the phone and oh, I got an email going, wow. well, well done. You've made right. the front page of stuff. Yeah. And I wrote, I rang up and just said, right. change right. that right. fucking headline or I'm yeah. gone. Yeah. Like, how yeah. dare you? Yeah. Oh, no, we think it's great. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. my piece is called the Phil Judd interview. Mm, mm, mm. If it means losing the front page, yeah, sure. fucking change yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's I was quite so, offensive. Yeah. Oh, I was, mm. I was so gutted by that. Mm, mm. Because mm. people th also people think I came up with that indeed, headline. Indeed, and that's they think, right. Oh, so all yeah. of this work has been so you can get a pot shot in, yeah. you know? And, and not that. only that, those that don't read the article... No, that's what uh, they walk yeah, away that's with. That's what they walk yeah, away with. Totally. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so you can imagine how many people walked yes. away with that headline oh, totally. that we were dead. Yeah. yeah we, you know, it was the fait accompli. Death by Netflix. It yeah, was, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, we still, to this day, I thought you were closed. Yeah, people yeah. will say. Having said that, the positive that you know came out of it outweighed people's yes. perceptions that we yes. had closed and the conversation was able to come up it was and then i did way, get some publicity in the wellingtonian i yeah. got the front page you know to say that you know we'd been rescued and so yes. forth so you know so i took control of the narrative you know mm. which which was great I mean, people had no problem with that because mm -hmm. they want they want it to be the narrative you know was <laughs> it around this time that the after that how soon after the, all of that publicity do you start your podcast? Um, well, I think I've I only ran it for two two, two, two years, so so that's so sometime only, just after. Well, it's only twenty eighteen. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think the podcast came about, um, you know, as a result of the adopt a movie scheme. Yeah. So if you if you just to if you you know want to timeline it a little bit more yeah. accurately. The subscription model was um, where the Kim Hill yeah, um, okay. interview ca came yeah, in. Yeah. So that was the newsletter. Yeah. That was our way of combating this death by Netflix. Yeah. And um, so, um, and that was uh, that was very well, um, you know, great uptake on that, including yourself, Simon. Yeah, yeah. But what we found was it was almost too generous. And yes, by the time we actually got to the end of March, we were skinned again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so there was... Um, it was a little bit of a band-aid. However, it was really it did prove to be a, a solid model that we were able to continue with and mm. to this day. But then the adopt a movie thing and and yeah. your lack of um, barcoding and systems really came to haunt you, right? Because yeah. suddenly you got some yeah, asshole right. from up the road who freelances and works from home with <laughs> with eight music DVDs, well, and you're going, yeah, ah, yeah, shit, yeah, shit, yeah, 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 you know. There, there is a little bit of that, which is yeah. not, uh, which is not fair. You know, yes. that's not fair on the customer, uh, but it, it it was one of the um, the. the there was labor involved in servicing that product yeah so um yes it, it has to again yeah. if i was a businessman and i had yeah. more foresight and more of an overview i would factor that in but you I would also say, how many men or yeah. women do you need to yes uh you know um how can this, support how can that we scale product? this but yeah. you're yeah. doing this as a reaction Mm. You know, rather than as a forward piece of planning. Exactly. So yeah, you just right. have to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm. So, 
Yeah, so you do the subscription model. People mm. people pick it up. It goes well. It goes a little too well in some regards. In in terms of it's oh, it's well, better value for money than you know. Here it is. I mean, you know, in business terms, you get your you get your swings and roundabouts on any scheme, yeah. like any buy-in yeah. scheme, and yeah, you get your yeah. heavy users, and you get yes. your light users, and you yes. actually get your patrons, people yeah. that g- give you the subscription money, and you never see them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those people it's their donation. Are, indeed. Yeah. So those people are offsetting the heavy user, yes. uh, you know, who yeah, are yeah. kind of costing you money, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So um, so it swings and roundabouts, yes. and look, it was a gambit, and it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so that was good, and then the adopter movie thing came in, um, you know, as as you know, which I think one of your podcast guests, Megan Dunn, you know, um, yes. was 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 a conversation that I had in the store, and I, um, so the, um, and that really just evolved out of our conversation, which was, you know, I said, you know, effectively I had this idea that I want to be able to acquire new titles and get people to sponsor them. Mm. And she said, and, and then she expanded on that, said, why don't you actually just take that and have people sponsor things that you've already got and give you money? Mm. So, so that was her contribution uh, to, to the Adopt-A-Movie idea. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Well, that's uh, cool. So, so yeah, it was kind actually, of like a, yeah. there's sort of two components to that, um, yeah. pro, uh, developing that idea. And then, you know, it takes you, when you come up with the idea, or, yes. you, know, you know, it takes a while to roll it out. So totally. it probably didn't roll out for another year or yeah, even a year yeah, and a yeah. half by the time you yeah, design. it's on the drawing board. The, it's on the while. drawing board, you know. And um, so, so the podcast came out of uh, the Adopt-A-Movie scheme where, Sender, my staff member, had talked what you know to me about what why didn't you think about doing a podcast? And I was a fan of your podcast, and, and you know, I, uh, and a few others, um, but not many. You know, I'm not yeah. a, a big podcast listener, um, but I really like your podcast because I love being plugged in to local creative community. Yeah, and so what I um, why I really enjoy it is that I get lots of insights from people that I don't that I know but don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know people, who they people are. I've met, yeah, and, but yeah, who I've never really yeah. had a proper conversation with. Yeah, and and then there are others well, who same. I've who I've never heard of. Well, it's the same for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I so so there's um so I think it's a, a wonderful way to kind of mm. um, and, and you know I've often bumped into people at uh, social gatherings or in the shop and said I've heard you interviewed by Simon on on, on his podcast. Oh wow! And yeah, cool. I, I remember this about it or this about yeah, it. Yeah, cool. Um, there was a I'll tell you this. Yeah, little thing about my uh, which just happened the other day was that I went to Ebony Lamb's concert oh, yeah. out at the Pakakariki Hall, and it was great, and she was really good, and she's on the merch table at the at the end, and I, um, and uh, I said, and then I heard, I said hello and whatnot, and then I heard Andy Schauf was playing after the gig, like over the mm. PA. Mm. And I said, oh, Ebony, um, I remember you talking about this record, raving about it to Simon on his podcast. Wow. <laughs> like, just, these yeah. are just these yeah. ridiculous things that yeah. I pick up on. Yeah. Uh, at, at, the, uh, at the expense of lots of other knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was kind of like... Again, triggering. Yeah, yeah. No, but, <laughs> but it's just this idea that you hear something and then yeah. associate it. Yeah. And, uh, and she said... Oh, oh, really? And and I said, yeah. And I, 
I don't really like his new album. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she said, "Oh, I'm actually getting used to it." You know. So, but <laughs> what I mean is, it's, yeah, it's, it lubricates talk, yeah. the conversation, yeah, and sure. it just sort of gives you a little, yeah. you know. So it's nice to be able to kind of, um, uh, you know, pick out something that people I mean, have forgotten they've said. It's a wonderfully indulgent format, isn't it? Like, they, yeah. you know, there's no. I mean, some people do them differently. Some people have very stringent, you know. Um, deadlines and, and and timelines that they want to stick to and and um, an allocation of time mm. but the idea that you invite someone around and they are open to exploring who it is they are and what they've done mm. and, and and why they're doing it and why they're being spoken to about it mm. you know why they've been chosen is a to me is a cool enough amount of stuff for it to go anywhere mm. and that's mm. really all you know that's why I haven't mm revised it you no, know i no, don't no. i don't feel i need to i've had a little bit of pressure from a couple of people recently to say well you need to you actually need to turn this into a version of um of uh desert island discs or something like right. that you know which funnily enough was the very first you know when i did the first couple of episodes the second person i talked to was Rian Sheehan and mm. um i was going to get Rian to talk about a favorite album yeah. for half of it yeah, and I yeah, was going to yeah. go and get some get some chat I went out to his house and I was going to get some chat and then I was basically I was going to tell him you need to talk about the Solaris soundtrack because mm. he had introduced me to it right. and I was going to choose his thing and I know he's a massive um, Martinez fan so I knew that would be fine um, but then I thought actually that becomes really restrictive if, if a person doesn't isn't as passionate or if they just flat out fucking forget. What if mm. they forget in mm. their busy life that, oh, that's a component of the chat. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the idea that a person can either mm. prep for it a little bit in their way, which I'm sure mm. a lot of people do, they, mm. they get a bit introspective and yeah. reflective and go, oh, well, I'm probably going to be asked about this or I yeah. need to remember to mention that. But if they forget and they come mm. around here and go, fuck, I don't actually know what you're going to ask me. Why do you want me here? Yeah. Sometimes that becomes one of the best conversations. Right, Yeah. Right, so it's, right. I love how open it can be. That Indeed. It, and it can be a way yeah. more structured interview. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is that I'm normally somebody who... For example, if I was interviewing you, which I may well yeah. do, and you know, yeah. if I revive this the is podcast. totally gonna um, re-energize mm. your interest in podcasting. Yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever you say. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I hope it does. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, there's just, yeah. just a few pots yeah. on the boil. You yeah, know? yeah. But um, I, I would come to this if I was interviewing you with with my sheets of notes. Oh yeah. You know. And part of the reason that's put me off doing podcast interviews is because the prep is quite stressful. Yeah. You know, because I do want to execute something well. Yeah. I do uh, want, I know that these people that I'm interviewing will yeah, have yeah. their own audience that will be yeah, coming yeah. to it. And yeah. I want to do that person justice. Mm. So I do find it fairly, it's not Fuck. relaxing. Fuck, I wish I'd yeah. thought about all of that. Indeed. And, but the other thing is, because <laughs> mine is more like Desert Island yes. Discs, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, yeah, where yeah. somebody has adopted that. a movie, yes. we have to hit that mark. Yes. And we have to talk about that movie. Now, sometimes I didn't bother watching the bloody movie that mm. they'd adopted because mm. I ran out of time. or And then you break yourself. Yeah, if you're yourself. not already familiar with it, yeah, so sometimes you'd know. It, exactly, and yeah. you know, and so you know, I would end up talking about a movie that I hadn't seen in thirty and, years, and if a person, and I couldn't be specific about it, so I felt like an ass. Yeah, and if a know? person's adopting a movie, there's a chance that, mm. um, I mean, I know you've got all sorts of movies that have been adopted, including some of the most mainstream ones of all time, but yeah. but a lot of them are quite obscure. Yeah, and 
that's a lot of work if you yeah. haven't watched it. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, it, sometimes you've got the night before. Oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah. Simon's coming around and he's chosen Beastmaster and I haven't seen it. Exactly. And it's like, fuck, that's a shit of a film to sit down and watch. Mm-hmm. If, or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you're not mm-hmm. in the mood for it. Yeah, exactly. So, you exactly. know, when Harry met Sally, you could re-familiarise yourself with that very easily or yeah. not need to. That's right. But, yeah, right. so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, yeah. I kind of... And I'm, and I'm constantly sort of, you know, mm. trying to get over this... Uh, you know, I want to do a good job, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I don't want to be... I, I kind of, you know, I guess what happens is you have a reputation for being an expert, quote, yes. unquote. Yeah. And if you're kind of called out for your yeah. your <laughs> yeah. mediocre knowledge or oh, you're not yeah. such an expert, yeah, yeah. it's slightly embarrassing, sure. you, you know. And um, so I like to... Uh, I would So, so it, there's an element of stress and yeah, an element yeah. of... And that doesn't mean to say that I don't enjoy it. And when yeah, you have yeah. done it, you feel great. Well, I was going like, to say... wow, you, I'm so glad I got that in the can. You, you know, have um, said some kind words about my podcast, Let Me Say Some About Yours, because I have heard all 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. And overall, I've absolutely enjoyed it. And you know that, because I mm. usually pop in and say... Oh, I haven't caught yeah. up with that one yet, but rah, rah, rah. And, you know, like anything, as with mine, there are a few episodes where you're like, well, it was fine, but it wasn't. It to- yeah. didn't totally speak to me. Yeah. But there were a few that were absolutely mind-blowing, I think. Mm. And I mm. think in a funny, sad, sad, I guess, funny way, um, there was a late run in that podcast that was very inspiring mm. and really great stories. Yes. And, uh, you know, and you managed to get stories out of people no one's heard of. They're not mm. known people. No. They're not a famous filmmaker or a journalist or anything like that, which which you have had on the yeah, show right. as well. Um, they're just ordinary people with with beguiling obsessions. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's a fascinating thing for people to listen to. It but is. you became a very good interviewer in those situations too. Yeah, well, thank you. you. Know? Yeah, thank you. I mean, really I, I, I um, yeah, there was... There was there, there were a couple of um, episode, episodes, <laughs> yeah, where, where I think I did, I did a good job, yeah, and uh, and and others where I think you know I'm still learning and I know what I'm not doing as well as I should, you know, and mm. uh, you know it can be even really simple things, you know, like you know, um, podcast one hundred and one is don't say yes or sure or to everything, or yeah. To everything yeah, yeah, because or it's so awful, like that. so awful, and yet we are in this terrible habit in our conversations of doing that all the time, Aff- affirming what your other person, the other person I, is saying. Um, I do quite a bit of transcription mm. stuff, and mm. Kiwis say, you know. We all do it. We all do it. We all do it. I do it. It's not just Kiwis. No, no, I know. Everyone does it. And I do it as a rambling thing. Like, I do it when I'm trying to have a point, and I don't want to say um. So right. you go, so the thing is, blah, 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 and you know, then I did, you know, and you it, think... It is, the you know is the new um. Yeah, totally, that's right. Yeah. And it's, and, uh, you know, I don't mind them in a podcast, because that's, but when I've been transcribing interviews w- for other people, and you have to get the, either pretty much verbatim, or get, get good just in summary writing, becomes infuriating listening to it. But Absolutely. the great thing is, I listen to it, I pinpoint it, I go, God, that's shit, and then I come in here and do my own interview with someone, and I say, you know, the whole time. Yeah. And I hear them say it. Yeah. So it's it's almost incomparable. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, sometimes you notice it, and it's annoying, yes. and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And it's sometimes reassuring when I hear very articulate people uh, on podcasts, and I hear them say, you know, all the time, I say, um... I hadn't noticed that they say you know until now, but mm. even they do it. Mm. But then there are some people that are just 
that are just... Uh, but again, there's this nice uh, overall, I think, because there, uh, there really aren't rules, and some podcasts play by stricter rules than others, but there is this nice letting hair down aspect of the, of the format, the idea that it can be structured, but it's not. Mm. fully a formal interview that's right that's certainly what i have um, which means embraced. people are forgiving people are forgiving and people are forgiven for doing yeah. that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. hopefully that's and, true you know you just i always say to people dock my pay you know like mm. you know i'm not getting anything for this so mm. if you don't like mm. it mm. you know grab another episode or go to another yeah. podcast yeah. and yeah. and that's not being dismissive to save face it's just reality it's mm. like man mm. if anyone's mm. listened to two hours of this that's cool. They yeah. were into it. They yeah, wanted yeah. to do it. I mean, I found that there was doing my format, which is slightly is slightly different yes. to yours. Yeah. And uh, and and so mine's generally closer to an hour. Yeah. Uh, maybe an hour and a half at times, but um, whereas yours is more like two hours going on three, isn't it? Generally. Oh or, yeah. Or an hour and a half going on yeah, two to two and a half. It's yeah. It's anything between an hour and three hours, but there mm. are many three hour ones. No, God, I mean no. this one will be, but um, by the time you're finished, <laughs> but. Uh, Thanks very much. <laughs> but no, there aren't many. There aren't yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, t- one to one to two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I um I so not. so here's the thing with my my, my format is mm. that when you are talking about the person uh, about about their uh, what they bring mm. to to the, while you're the conversation to them, while you're yeah. talking to them, um, which is usually to do with something other than movies. Yes. Uh, because they of their day jobs or yeah. what they do. Know, um, for a hobby or whatever, or the interests, and then there's um, the talking about the movie that they've adopted and why, and some and how that some uh, feeds into their how story. That That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes there's a nice uh, uh, segue there, you know, or interaction between those two things, and sometimes it's quite separate. Mm. Um, and uh, there's, but I find that I become quite prescriptive as an interviewer yeah you've got your so I, it, yeah so, so i thing. feel so again yeah. it's a source of tension yeah it's like okay the format is an hour long roughly mm. um and uh so i don't want you to talk too much about this thing even though what you're talking and sometimes you can make a mistake and change the subject and get on to something prematurely yeah. when you were just getting to the nub of what they were talking about mm. And uh, and so the the listeners kind of, you know, maybe asking questions themselves about what that person's talking about, and then you change the subject. You don't do your job properly. So I think that's one of the things I've learned to try to get better at. Basically, mm. listen better. Mm. You, if you listen, yeah, you will. Um, and that's what I find good about your interviews is that I never fi- find that any of your questions feel vaguely prescribed. Even though you are talking about very similar um, set of questions, mm. roughly, you know, with each of your interviewees, so in other words, your questions are natural; they come out of what of the responses. But then you're also able to, off the top of your head, mm. keep track of the narrative. And what is you your know? favourite colour? No <laughs> idea. But here's the other is that, thing. those things fucking awful? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the other thing is that you will. Um, you know, I'm glad that I didn't have to think about what my favourite records of all time are so that you can yeah. quiz me about it and I have to justify no, it. I totally. don't want to do no, that. No, that's what I don't... And I no. don't feel comfortable with that. Like, my no. whole thing... My whole thing with getting into the... Into doing the podcast 
was actually a not making it massively about music and and it mm. took a while i guess the first few people i interviewed were well not all of them but quite mm. a few were musicians i still get asked is it mm. a music podcast and that's yep. going to happen but certainly not to feel like i was going to put myself or i was going to set myself up to be in a position to critique someone else's taste mm. yeah you know i actually went into this with the idea that I was probably going to hopefully talk to a few people that maybe even had a bit of a beef with me or something and that we were going to not so much hash it out, but that we were going to see if we could have a conversation. And then I realized that's a, a weird thing to want to do. That it has to happen organically. So I approached a couple of people that I knew I hadn't written favorably about. Yeah. And, and I've had done a couple, I guess. But um, it's not something that I've tried to, you know, mm. seek out. I and, then, you know, that's one of, it's a fascinating thing, you know, possibly why I um, started listening to you in the first place. I oh, was yeah. curious about you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, given how merciless you could be in your reviews. And uh, and uh, so I, um, you know, that was, was probably... <laughs> For, a, forced yourself to It listen. was probably a perverse curiosity <laughs> yeah. to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, of course, my expectations were... were well, no, they were subverted because I actually saw the, quite the opposite, mm. uh, uh, you know, attitude. Uh, to, and, and, you know, you had an absolute reverence, or not reverence, but, you know, respect and, um, yeah. and, uh, and warmth towards the people that you were um, interviewing and uh, you know genuinely curious and, you know i'll stop gushing no no uh, but, no that's cool and but, you're right but that's um, awesome that's yeah. that when i say you're right that's what i would hope would happen but i yeah. do remember um i think it was like the fourth or yeah i think it was the fourth or fifth episode was um Hanimoana baker and we had a really really nice chat and she said heaps of interesting stuff and she read some poems and then at the end, I said, oh, you know, hey, that was great. And she goes, hey, I've got a question for you. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, yeah. And then she basically went like, hey, I've read quite a bit of your stuff over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, I quite like it. But, um, you know, what the fuck was with that Lord thing? Right. And it was great. I was, but I was stoked that that happened. Yeah. Because it was yeah, just like, yeah, I didn't yeah. really want to go into it either way. I mean, I did. Yeah. And I have done a couple of other times. But I was yeah. like, wow, that was, mm. that was super cool that she felt. Mm. And that's mm. when I thought, oh, shit, so that might happen mm. a few mm. times. Mm. Mm. And I've noticed over the over you know the mm. course of listening to you know some of your interviewee, some of your guests I should yeah. say are um, you know have have quizzed you about that. Yeah, you know they've kind of Elders uh, Harding and Lord come up a bit. Yeah, Robin, yeah, Robin yeah. Williams yeah, so things. yeah, that's yeah. right. That, that's yeah. right. So they're kind of they just they just want their own take on it. They yeah. want to hear it from the horse's mouth yes. and also yeah. kind of to hear you know how you deal with it and so forth. Yeah. But um, no. So the point I was going to make was that I really enjoyed listening to your Barnaby Weir uh, interview, for example, mm. because he was somebody that you had criticised and yeah, uh, and uh, or his work and whatnot. Yes. And he was incredibly gracious I uh, so. and. and interesting and and you were a gracious host so i thought it was really i thought that was just lovely you know that yeah i sort that, of was waiting uh, for the moment when we were going to get a, a tiny bit into and i think i gave him the rope at one point and basically went you know some some idea around you know hey i've actually liked some of the stuff you've done not all of it obviously yeah, yeah and he kind of just sort of stared past it which was cool mm -hmm. like in a way because mm -hmm. i i just sort of thought well i have to mm -hmm. i have to offer him the right mm -hmm. of reply mm -hmm. But he just wanted to, well, and we had a nice chat, and it was cool. I yeah. think the criticism of your criticism, your mm. harsh criticism, is that you've played yes. the man, not the ball, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and people have taken offence to that. So where you might have played the man, in this case Barnaby, yes. you know, I, I thought it was, you know, to, to, you know, to 
have the uh, wherewithal or fortitude or whatever you want to call it, you know, to 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 confront the situation yeah, and, yeah. And, and put it to bed and to kind of deal with it maturely on both sides. Yeah, you know, it was it was just really <laughs> the funny, the funny you know. thing is, he uh, was here to promote a record that I listened to and fucking hated, and um, right. and and said so. Straight right. afterwards, right, so right, I thought, right. and I haven't heard from him since, which I don't, right. which I don't need to. Right. Um, but, but how I, did you express that contempt well, for I his latest album? Yeah, pretty, pretty. No, but to his face oh, to or his face. on a blog or no, what no, I wrote that? a review of it on my yeah. site and I trailed it on pretty thick that I didn't like it. Right. Um, but I, you yeah. know, it wasn't like the next day. Like right, I gave right, the, right. there was some breathing space. But did you between... feel an obligation to temper your view? No, nah, you know, because I think you had made this connection I with him. I think that's possibly you... why I went through with the idea of writing the review of it was to show maybe that um, mm. you're not. No one's instantly in the club, and you're not a friend for life. Like because that would be. Um, True. You I... know, it's a tricky. It becomes a. Not, not, I'm mm. just thinking about this on the fly now. Um, mm. It's not. You know, mm. I've I've made I've actually made some friendships out of talking to people on this podcast, mm. but but mostly it's a, I already had them mm. or now nah, it's one and done. Like yeah, you, you yeah. sort of say, hey, some people leave and go, hey, that was good. Next time I'm in town, we should have a beer mm. or we should mm. have coffee, mm. and mm. maybe mm. that will happen, but it hasn't. Yeah, and that's cool. That's a nice yeah. way to leave things. Yeah, but um, there've been a couple of sort of. I guess friendships develop out of it, but um, you know, ultimately, mm. why would it? Mm. Yeah, no, I understand. You're not here to make friends, you know, in the, as the old yeah. cliche goes, yeah. you know. But, um, but you can and, be open and, to it. No, I, I think that. But it, isn't it about the choice of words at the end of the day? If you're if you're criticizing, and look, this is, comes from me as somebody who was very righteous myself, mm. developing uh, our videos reviews. Yes, you know, and we were. And I would not just have them on the website, but I'd have printed yes. uh, uh, yeah, yeah. brochures, you know, with new releases. Yeah. And sometimes I'd give a bad review yeah. to what I thought was a piece of crap. Yeah. You know, like, say, the Lost in Space movie that was yeah. made in the late <laughs> yeah. 90s with yeah, Matt. Which was terrible. And, which was terrible. Yeah. It was like, and I just On every so. level. Yeah. 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 And it, it's... Um, so a part of it was just to... Uh, part of it was that... Uh, possibly get some credibility around our reviews mm. and not be this sort of sycophantic yeah you know, you know um yeah uh you know back of the video cover hype yes. yeah, you yeah, know yeah. which was all crap mostly and then there was also this idea that i was i just thought that these things needed to be called out yeah in the same with the same sort of yeah um that same instinct that you you have, or yeah. uh, or critics do have, yeah, yeah, or a lot of us have. Yeah, that's right. We, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we do about the things that we feel okay, sounding off about. Mm. I think you know it's. I've. But I think there's a kind of like don't shit in your own nest thing oh, yeah. that that has been yeah. you know. Um, leveled at you yeah and uh it's kind of like simon what's the point mm. you know um, yeah 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 and and, you know. and um you know you don't need a sledgehammer to no i mean can you just you can easily hint at the idea that you don't like barnaby's record mm. without actually uh mm. stating it explicitly or mm. i mean i read your you know there was you mentioned in a podcast interview a few episodes back about um or you've mentioned it several times about your um 
you know, indifference, antipathy towards Lana Del Rey. Oh, and yeah. that how you really found a way yeah, into her yeah, latest yeah. album. Yeah. And then I looked at a couple of the reviews that you wrote about Lana Del Rey. Oh, yeah. And because you'd got some international yes, um, yes, yeah. trolling, yeah. you know, about that. And I thought, or maybe only we'd read one review. Yeah. And I thought what you said was not actually vicious. No, I, no, it, one it, of them. It, it was actually fine. One of them, I think, is more vicious than the other, right. perhaps. But, right. But I agree. Like I didn't. I. I mean, you I called her a. Yeah. No, you called her a. You know, an imposter or think, a, or a. You know. Um, a fake or whatever, yeah, and yeah. you took her to task over her, you know, contrived think, change of persona. And yeah, all of that. I think what stuck with me with her was what has always stuck was because I worked in the record store at the time. Um, mm. I had heard her album as Lizzie Grant, mm. and so people, you know, I remember when I talked about the mm. image change, the whole, not just the name, but the whole look. Mm-hmm. People decided that was sexism for me to comment on that right. because Bob Dylan's mm-hmm. name's not Bob Dylan. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. but he never released an album as Robert Zimmerman, did he? Like, no. you know, there is a difference. Mm-hmm. He made this character and then lived it. Yeah. And she, yeah. you can say what you like, but she failed. Her album as right. Lizzie Grant sucks. Right. Right. She right. failed and mm-hmm. then she went away and found a way back in. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I eventually found a way back into mm-hmm. some of her music too. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. But, but then so did Tammy Nielsen. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, almost yeah. in the same way. She just didn't change her name. A hundred percent. And I, yeah. you know, talked to Tammy about that. Mm. And in fact, that was another really great, like, early episode where mm. she brought it up and just sort of went like, you know, didn't I release, like, your worst, one of your worst albums of 2008 <laughs> right, or whatever right, it was? And yeah. I thought, fuck, when's this going to come up? Yeah. But by then I had enjoyed her music. So I knew we were safe. Yeah. I knew we were safe. And I think she's fantastic. But... Really like that she kind of. We, we had a really good conversation mm, about that because mm, she mm. kind of went. I was so hurt, but with time, not not so much. You're probably right, but with time, she was mm. like, with time, I know it's not a strong album, mm. but then I do think some things are good. Mm. And she was kind of like, I wonder if you'll listen to it again. And I was like, Yeah, maybe I will. Mm, mm. And I haven't, but I might. Yeah, yeah. you know, I might. Um, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel too attached to all that stuff in any great way now because music criticism is dead mm. really mm. and mm. you know I'm just sort of like anyone wants to cancel me they can cancel me I'm mm. kind of cancelled mm. <laughs> you know like there's no there's nothing happening I'm just sort of like keeping myself occupied by mm. doing this stuff I'm not there's yeah. no gain you know yeah, I yeah. get a few people very kindly tell me that they follow what I do and that it helps them choose what they want to listen to or buy and mm. I get a few people that put into the press patron account to keep the website mm. running and mm. that support it which you shamelessly under promote yeah well yeah. I feel you know I do shamefully feel it. I should yeah say. yeah I don't I, I, I don't feel super comfortable about that stuff no. um, it's mm. tricky you mm. know mm. but um, yeah I mean you know what's going to happen I'm just going to do this and I'll stop doing it one day mm, I suppose mm, mm. you know do you feel after 200 I, I'm interviewing you now yeah, which I'm, I'm self uh, I'm a little yeah. self conscious about but no, uh, go for it. Um, do you uh, feel after 230 odd episodes that it's um, that you're losing you know that the novelty is wearing off a bit or yeah or no it, not at all no, no, just, no I mean you know you wade through the odd one like this Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I know, I'm feeling it's, really it's, sorry it, for you. That's so, what I'm saying. It's I'm so cunty. His, um, his eyes are glazing over no, no. for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I actually just 
I actually just recently recorded a couple uh, back-to-back that I really loved doing. Mm. I like doing all of them. Mm. I, lo- I, lo- mm. I, I actually have got to the point where I feel a little... It's kind of mm. like, fuck, if I, even if I get a few in the bank, mm. if I haven't got someone coming around once a week or I'm not going to see someone once a week... Right. You feel lonely. I, yeah, well, not, yeah, not quite <laughs> that, but yeah, I, yeah, it isn't that. But um, on some level, I mm. guess it is. Mm. I feel mm. like... Not only am I creating more work for myself to catch up at some point, but just like it's nice to have the cycle yep. happening. Yep. It's nice to have, see someone's coming around tomorrow, so I've got two mm. this week, so that's exactly. great. And I did two last week. So mm. getting the cycle going is great. Mm. And I'm very um, I'm very into these conversations. I like them. Mm. I like that they happen, you yeah. know. And, I would, and in, in a way it's like that uh, idea of, you know, the, right, the writer's... Uh, disciplined routine isn't it yeah uh, I think it's so it's your version of getting up I at 5 30 so. in the morning it is. to do a chapter yeah uh, which i sometimes do as well but yeah, um yeah. yeah no totally it's mm. a deadline thing of you know the whole doing it every week for me yeah. is if i were if i relaxed yeah i wouldn't do it at all yeah i'd eventually not do it at all yeah and um you know i know i might not be affecting my numbers very much by taking a week or two off mm. but it affects me personally on the idea that mm. i like to have yeah. things that keep me yeah i mean i love the slightly more sane the idea about podcasters that you you know they're not they're, they're cheap and easy to produce mm. and uh, it's very satisfying to have nothing one uh, one hour mm. and then an hour or two later you've got something and that you can publish and that has uh you know feels like a product and we can speak about this both uh mm. every time you take the memory card out of the recording device or however you capture, yeah. there is a little pang of, fuck, yeah, have is. I actually got it? Yeah. And yeah. I know you, you've I've, talked I've, on I've your... I've lost two. You've yeah. lost two. Lost I lost, two. I lost yeah. the Ebony Lamb one, right? actually, right. and then somehow recovered it. And oh, that's wow. the closest I okay. got. Yeah. And I told, I messaged her and said, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't actually message her in a panic and say I haven't got it, but I messaged her to say shit I nearly lost it and mm. she said that's okay I could have just come back and I was yeah. like well you could have but it yeah. wouldn't have been the same yeah but yeah. thanks well I'm not coming back no I'm just putting no. well this isn't now. on this isn't on you made me put it down and uh, it, I don't <laughs> it feel jinxed it. it jinxed it and yeah. it's actually stopped <laughs> the numbers I stopped I cannot clicking. believe you hand hold your recording device through a, through a two or three hour conversation I have I, oh I, I, I don't mind that, that mm. I'm not now it's and a I've workout got, yeah I think that's it I think that mm. is actually it though that idea of feeling connected right. to it um, yeah, yeah. Um, so what um, else is happening for you well I was just going to say about the the, the, the podcast thing one yeah. of the reasons I've, I've stopped doing it effectively is because I'm satiated a little bit by doing a radio, radio show, show. Yeah. Uh, uh, on Pycock FM yeah. so I do a, um, it's called Cinema Without Pictures, so I, I do a theme for one hour every month, mm. and that and I get to talk to people as well. Yeah, um, and that's a prepared and, thing too, like, so you're actually doing research on that. Yeah, doing research and whatnot, and it's not, it's still improvised, mm. all of the, all of the patter and yeah. whatnot, and but sometimes you've got, yeah, I... things you're trying to hit, your points you're trying that's to... That's right, and it can be quite stressful when you're queuing music and yes. so forth, but it is lovely to be able to do a, so, yeah. you know, like a podcast style thing and be able to play entire songs. Oh, and, yeah. And um, 
Um, yes, my so, ra- my radio dream still evades me. <laughs> like I'd right, love, you know, I'd yeah. love to do an yeah. actual uh, show thing of some yeah, kind. And, yeah, and 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 do one properly curated. Yeah. And I mean, I'd like yeah. to do a proper one. Where I mean, I, I do those I'm things. Actually, I do those things with Jesse every now and then. Those features yeah. on RNZ, which are kind of yeah, fun, yeah, where yeah. you queue up some yeah. music and talk. So, so that really does uh, mm. mean that. I mean, I was hoping to do them in parallel, so I'd have the podcast yes. interview and. Uh, the radio music oriented one film music mm. and um, but it was quite nice being on Karen Hayes I ch- chatted to her on her oh, yeah. show on yeah. Lately two weeks yeah. ago and I managed and I told her I have a show called Cinema Without Pictures which was very <laughs> satisfying to tell yes. Karen Hay yes. so that was good that was yeah. good so, were you, so a, that's, were yeah. you a devotee of that show oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, that, yeah, you would yeah. have uh, yeah. grown up yeah I would have seen every episode yeah. you know religiously yeah yeah, yeah I remember being mm. a bit too young but still watching it for the music yeah, and thinking yeah, a lot yeah. of the banter was just a over my head right right, right but right. I love the clips you yeah, know yeah, and yeah. some of the interview stuff yeah so um and Phil O'Brien's a customer as well. Yes. And, you know, so uh, I don't know Dr. Rock. Yeah, I came in at the tail end of yeah. of, of him yeah. uh, hosting the show. Uh, so that, that's my, my main uh, thing that I do in my spare mm. time is, mm. uh, is, is songwrite. I think that, you know, that's uh, one of my, you know, it's a passion. Mm. And, uh, and I'm, um, you know, the craft of songwriting is something that um, stimulates me and sometimes eludes me. And mm. it's fascinating. So I do listen. I'm a lot more, um, far more, you know, interested and cognizant of um, lyric content these days. You mm. know, that's so a lot of music I listen to tends to be lyric focused mm. rather than, you know, music mm-hmm. aesthetics. Mm. So um, that's. So I'm kind of po- poetry adjacent, you yes. know. I, I'm, uh, yeah. Um, and and I like poetry, but I'm not. Uh, I, I like if somebody has to lead me to to the water yeah, for me yeah, to drink yeah, it, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and I know there's plenty of good stuff yeah, that yeah, I would yeah, really yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but you know, often don't have uh, time for it, even for reading in yeah, general. Yeah. You know. So um, so anyway, but so I do. I've been you know, songwriting proper for 10 years. And as I think I said in my little mm. bio, you know, it's time to actually kind of, you know, uh, I've f- focused on the crafting of the songs and now the performing of them becomes a different kind mm. of craft mm. and you get better and better at doing that. And, and you're what's, your, what's your sort of aim? Like, do you, is there a secret desire to put a record out? To, well, yeah, I guess, I guess there is. Because that can take an easy form now. Like that doesn't have yeah, to be... Yeah. Um, I, I can th- just look. I, I really enjoyed the, as I say, the last interview you did with with Darren Watson. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was it was great listening yeah. to him talking about the trials and tribulations yes. of his latest album, yeah. of which he's incredibly proud. Yeah, and, and also, so. it's and very also, good. I can hear all of the work that goes into it. Yeah, you know, so, uh, and and his trying to get the very best out of the song that he's that that he's uh, mm. written. You know, mm. so, and so I found that a fascinating interview. Um, you know, among many, you know, along those lines of artists trying to kind of encapsulate, you know, uh, what it is that they're trying to, you know, get the very best version mm. of the song possible, mm. so that it's not necessarily something that just serves the song uh, and is like a, a oral representation of it, but is something that you get excited about when mm. you play it back. Mm. So I guess that's I'm very sort of fussy and you know I'm constantly uh, you know never quite attaining the level that I want to but I know that uh, if I keep toiling at it 
that you get those magic moments where you're kind of like, that was it. That mm. was where I got what it was that I was trying to do. Mm. Even though you can do another version and all of the, everything is present and correct, but it just is missing magic. It's miss, missing something. Mm. So I really plugged into what Darren was saying there, this mm. idea that he was very pleased with certain vocal performances because every single vocal performance that you give is different. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so those subtleties, interesting hearing about, about mixing his voice louder. And we, I think there's very much a thing, you know, in New Zealand music where we're embarrassed of our voices yeah, and, we, and, and we want to kind of keep yeah. them low and buried in the, yeah. in have the, some noisy guitars over indeed, the top that's or right, some fuzzy that's right. textures either way. So yeah. it's learning to kind of like, uh, um, to, I, I guess you could say that I'm one of the, I've just done a musical show on my radio show and it's really interesting listening to Cole Porter and mm. Oscar Hammerstein and these other, uh, you know, trad composers, yes. if you like, in the, in the jazz, in the jazz trade. And they, and the, uh, I'm kind of thinking, I'm trying to do what they're doing. You know, it's it's almost theatre. I, yes. I I like theatrical music, yeah. not not necessarily overtly, but the, if I do like uh, an element of theatre in in music and films. I, mm. I quite like stridency, and that doesn't mean hyperbola, you, mm. you know. Mm. But I like mm. I like just you know take it to the next level. You know, don't mm. be shy. Don't mm. be shy. Just milk it or whatever mm. and um you know obviously you can go too far and it becomes horrible but we definitely have this reticence in g generally in new zealand music to, yeah. to 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 not um not uh accentuate that aspect to play it down and um, sometimes it can be deadly boring how was covid and lockdown for the video store um, you know, did you experience a bit of a like uh, a kickback when? Well, when... I had my first holiday of any length in thirty years. Wow! Yeah, so that was so good. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, so it was. What did you do? Write some songs. Um, I did, yep. and I even did some demos and stuff. Yeah, and, cool. Uh, and uh, you know, mainly to um, Sarah, my partner, who plays yep. cello. So yep. I was sending her songs where I wanted her cello parts to be. So that we've done a couple of gigs nice. um, of, with that. So that's been yep. nice. Um, but um, I was also able to work from home and catch up on a lot of stuff that wasn't getting done. Mm. Um, and then I was also going for walks on on the beach. And mm. uh, no, I I enjoyed it, but it. I think the thing is about lockdown was that there was always, and it's easy to forget this idea that, and to look at it romantically, but mm. in fact the uncertainty around where this was going yeah. had a shadow over the oh, experience yeah. of being yeah. uh, free yes, and, it's, uh, it's and able to well take put. the foot off the gas. So yeah. um, we can't sort of forget that it was just no. like, oh, wasn't God, a, how long is this going to go on for? It wasn't a holiday and it wasn't a planned yeah. holiday. But I did, I did utilise it to, to some degree. My son lived with me and his girlfriend as well, so I wasn't alone. Mm. And um, although I didn't see terribly much of them, um, like typical yeah. post-teenagers they are and um, 
but I also had, I guess, anxiety over what the impact would be on the economy, what mm. the impact would be on the shop, whether people would just turn on Netflix and never turn back on again, all of that sort of stuff. And what happened? What's happened there, like, in mm. in in this time since? Like, mm. did a bit of a bit of both? I imagine. Did you do you feel like you've lost a few customers, yeah, more customers to the platform, but, but you've also had a few come back and go, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it's been, it is a revolving door. Yeah. We're in a bit of an artificial space at the moment because we did, you know, the wage subsidy and, yes. and all of that sort of thing has shored up a lot of businesses. Mm. Um, and um, that, uh, you know, because they paid it out for more weeks than we were in lockdown. And so there is a, um, um, you know, your cafes and so forth are still going, but who knows where they're going to be in 12 mm. months' time mm. when, you know, we're down to a... Uh, when they're having to stand on their own two feet entirely. Mm. Uh, so, um, but in terms of my business, like I said in my last newsletter, you know, was that we're really going to have to pivot to becoming much more focused on um, uh, being a catalogue mm. store mm. Uh, and yeah, having less... Um, um, emphasis on new releases because you just mm. can't get them because we, we just can't get them you know more and more so i'm having to import more and more and i'm having to kind of keep up keep peddling mm. and it's like oh this is how long is this going to last for mm. so i was even thinking on the weekend you know of actually putting up retro posters in the window yeah, of the cool. store you know yeah, like, cool. like using that because i'm sick of yeah. putting up either second rate product or yeah. product that you know leaving is, it for there for too long exactly or, yeah, all yeah. of that so why don't i just oh, you know no, retroize the, totally. the aesthetic and you know even more we were talking about this the other day and i know the roxy does it a little bit but i feel like movie theaters and that, some of them mm. had to do this but we were talking about this last week. I was chatting with someone and saying, like, movie theatres are going to need, have been doing this a little bit, but are surely going to need to, like, revisit, you know, like I know Roxy does things like Dirty Dancing with Cocktails yeah. or something like that. But And they did a 3D Titanic the other day with, the, with the, one of the producers talking. But, yeah, those themed kind of retro th things actually probably do bring people out. Mm. for the movie theatres mm. and so you know maybe that has a I mean I know over lockdown for me and it's car carried on I got really into watching 80s movies in general mm. which I guess I always do mm. but then and that's kicked off a big wave of horror stuff as you know yeah. and so I've been watching a lot of horror stuff mostly from your shop mm. I mean I do get some movies from some other places mm, mm. and sometimes I have to. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. as well. Mm. But mostly from your shop because mm. it's great for things like that. Mm. You know, and you're mm. and I think one of the things that um, really fully sold me on the delights of our video all those years ago is and probably for a lot of people, is really that sort of cult section. Mm. Mm. That's pretty special. Mm. Mm. I mean that's like mm. a relic to the video yeah. nasty era, but, yeah, but yeah, more yeah. sophisticated. Yeah. yeah, and we still have lots of videotapes in that, yes, uh, in yeah. that section. So as even well. just to go and look at it, yeah, that's, that's right. right. It's one of my favourite places to. I might not well, read, becoming, read from there, but I'll stand mm, there and look at it. It's funny how part of me is bored shitless by it because yes. I know it, yes. you know, and have for years and years and years. And there's another part that uh, every time I look at it, as the years go on, it becomes more and more exotic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so you're going to try and. Mm. Push the catalogue, yeah. Retro posters and yeah, and just, and, just, mm. and what else? I mean, mm. you didn't get into owning a video store to be there forever. 
but you possibly did. But you did mm. wouldn't have imagined being mm. a, one of the last mm. people standing. Well, there is a weird thing. Like I, I probably prior to COVID, you know, over a quiet summer, I was probably moaning and groaning because I did move out to the Kapiti Coast, mm. and I am looking for some separation after doing it for thirty years. Yeah, and feeling like it is, you know, uh, it does sort of. Um, uh, is too much of my life and, and co-ops a lot of my free time. Mm. Um, so trying to get more, get other things happening, and, and you know, and then you will, um, and then you will, something will happen, and then you'll find yourself re-energized and thinking. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to give this up. So, so it does fluctuate from, I, I could, I don't know, experiment with a new startup business or, or you know, mm. something that would be fun to do that would be separate from that. And then, there's an awful lot of pressure, um, from, customers. You know, to, to. When I say pressure, I, I mean encouragement. Mm. That I'm co constantly being validated for what I do, yeah, yeah. and that's really hard yeah. to to walk away from. Yep, you know, it's yep. A, and uh, to to the analogous yeah, Bob, Bob Geldof's version of that was <laughs> he was tired after a while of being Mister Africa. Yeah, you know, and had done his thing, and then but is forever tagged with it, and forever feels responsible. For doing more stuff about Africa, mm, mm. and uh, so that's my kind of equivalent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed the video. Yeah, and part of me is very grateful for that. I, I guess also in this, uh, where people's jobs are very, very vulnerable mm. uh, in this uh, post-COVID environment, and I'm grateful for what the hell I have, mm. as ropey as it sometimes seems to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's increasingly quaint i guess for a lot of people to think about like mm. I, I i will i will post what i'm watching all the time yeah and i will occasionally get people go what format are you watching that on because right. i've looked for it right yeah and i go dvd right. yeah, <laughs> and they right. go right whoa yeah where did you get that from yeah and exactly. i say yeah. the video store yeah and they go you still go to a video yeah, store that's right. and it's like yes yeah. i do because yeah. i mean it's very convenient as well it's down the road from me but i would have you know, if it wasn't you and there was one video store in Wellington, I would have found it and mm. occupied it, you know, mm. like mm. it just happens to be a bonus. Yeah. It's in my walking distance. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and... Yeah. Uh, you Convenience know, is a big thing. It really is. Yeah, 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 yeah. but, uh, you know, mm. there, there's also mm. people that are of a particular type, you know, if mm. there was, you know, record stores had their shaky moment, I feel mm. like a few years ago, and, and obviously still are, yeah. but... You know, five, eight years ago, there was this series of books and, D and documentaries all around Last Store Standing, that kind of yes, concept right. that were coming out, and they've sort of been nearly null and voided by re Record Store Day and yes. Record Stores just yeah. soldiering on and yes. renewed interest. Mm. Mm. Now, that's not going to happen for DVD stores on that level. They aren't no. going to spring up. no. They aren't going to spring no, up the way not. some record stores are. But, you know, I was down in Christchurch the other week and I went to Alice's just to have a look because yep. I've only ever been there a couple of times. Yep. And it was like, oh, it's great to see it. Mm. You know, I didn't get to go to the cinema. But yep. next time I will. 
yeah. if there is a next time, yeah. you know. And I was like, I just liked and took Oscar there because yeah. you know what a fan he is of video yeah, stores. Lovely. So yeah. it was just a cool thing to go yeah, and do, and we just had a little look around it. Now, some people would find that really fucking weird and go, mm. what, a, what a strange thing to do. But well, it's not no, hurting anyone. No, I think there's, there's something to be said for that, you know, as traditional retail has fallen away, mm. you know, this idea of, uh, you know, going, going shopping, you know, in the CBD or the mall, it's just not nearly as interesting as it used to be yeah, yeah. for us, uh, mm. uh, us nerds. Yeah. And so, um, so I do find the novelty factor of the shop and, um, you know, is, um, uh, is increasing as the years go by, mm. uh, as the months go by. You know, mm. So we get people coming into the environment and going, wow, and, and, you know, eyes lighting up and going upstairs and just having, just treating themselves. They might not spend a dime, mm. but they just really appreciate that this is not something that is, that this is kind of a one-off or a two-off in yeah, the case yeah, of yeah. Christchurch. Yeah. But it really is, isn't it, a yeah. two-off now? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, what yeah, else yeah, is yeah. there? I know there's so going to be a very, few other little things. I feel but... very lucky around that, yeah. that I've got, um, you know, with all my problems and my, you know, my diminished salary and all of that, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. So um, we'll keep, you know, but who knows? Um, I can't keep, you know, be I can't be the boy that cried wolf. You yes, know, you've had around, your in yeah. a way you've had mm. your shot at that. I have, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you, mm. I've talked, to and you I about don't this. like you putting myself no. out there. You know, no. my face and my yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. kind of going with with my cap in hand. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. yeah, you sort of get one shot at that, I think. Like I've had in two. general, I think I've had true. two. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and uh, and so I have to, and I do send out newsletters, and I do have mm. the connectivity to my mm. customer base that way, um, and then the media do pick up on it. That's mm. how I got the Karen Hay interview. Right, somebody yeah, sent her yeah, the yeah, newsletter, yeah. and it yeah. becomes, you know, and it was yeah. a nice chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun.